Hello and welcome. This is an emergency ABW podcast. My name is Chris and unfortunately this is all my fault. But the podcast that is not this shit show of a club that we all support and love. Love? Do we? Do we? Do we? Yeah, we do. We do still love the club. Just maybe not certain people that are involved in it right now. We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, this is very ad hoc, dear listeners. So thank you all very much for joining us. Um, just from the from the very start of this podcast, just going to make a couple of disclaimers. Uh, there'll be no talk of how good our French players in France are currently. Uh, there will be no talk of how it wasn't a red card. There will be no match review tonight. Uh, and most importantly of all, and this is a serious point, there will be no slander uh, in the chat. I'll be Femi and uh, Carl. I'll introduce you in a second. We'll be keeping a close eye. Uh, so please keep it keep it civil with each other. Have a good debate by all means. Uh, there will be no sort of over the top um, outlandish reactions in this podcast. There will be passion and there will be a little bit of, um, shall we say, questionable language, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I will not uh, will not accept any form of abuse. So behave yourselves all right and that goes for us as well so with that being said let's introduce uh, my colleagues here who i uh, rounded up very quickly at short notice uh femi how you doing sir first of all have you got over the fact that i admitted to you this afternoon that i wasn't even following you for like <laughs> how long on twitter I, I do apologize i don't know why mate uh, i am now so. no 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 that's fine that's fine it's a uh... A good. That's the best news of the day, isn't it? Yeah, nothing else was was good. Today seemed to fly by actually. Once once the game finished, it seemed like it was night time already. Yeah, Crazy yeah. Bad. It's 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 been a long old day, mate, hasn't it? It's been a long old day. We'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, happy to be following you once again. Um, and I got the big man on because you know he's he's probably had a busy day, sort of delaying trains and generally being a shit house in London. So, uh, Carl, it's been a while, mate. I know that we've been sort of, you know, talking between us and the group and stuff. I think we're on the same page. So I had to get you on. How, how are you doing, mate? Have you got over the day so far? I, for the first time, I, so I've been watching Arsenal probably since, properly about nine years old. And I'm 38 now. So for a few mm. years. And today is the first time ever watching Arsenal. I have switched off watching the game. I've never done it. I promise you, even when we were battered 8-2 by Manchester United, never in my life have I switched off a game. And today was the first time I've ever done it. So that just tells you how I'm feeling. <laughs> I feel that, mate. I feel that. And I, I did the same, not going to lie. As soon as the, uh, was the second goal, yeah, I think it was the second goal, and I went off and did, did house chores. Because uh, that was a highlight, you know, that was a, a genuine improvement on, on the day. So... Um, Okay, well, let's let's get into it. Um, I do apologise, by the way. I've got my window open, so I'm sorry if you're hearing cars. I thought it might be quiet this time of night, but apparently everybody's decided to drive down the road. It's too hot to shut the window, so we're just going to have to deal with it. Okay, guys, uh, let's get into this then. As I said, this is an emergency podcast. Uh, it's kind of a... It's a bit of therapy for us all. All right. So um, for everybody that's joined us in the chat live, thank you all very, very much. There's too many of you to mention. So uh, if you're in there and you're listening to this, thank you very much for joining us. And, and please do uh, go for gold on the debates and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll pick out a few questions and whatnot later on as well. Uh, thank you, Josh, for that comment. That's beautiful. This is what happens when you get to my age and your hair just turns into a beautiful mullet. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into it then. So... Sam, I'll start with you, mate. 
Um, kind of the reason I brought this, this pod together really is is I, I've I'm I'm just I've had enough. I'm just done. I'm so done with this club. I'm so done with the excuses. I'm done with the the process. I'm done with the players. Uh, not all of them. I should stress. We'll come back to that in a minute. But I'm just I'm just done, mate. I'm fed up and. This is not a, you know, this is not a, oh, we're Arsenal, we're better than this rant. It's not a, you know, we deserve better type of rant because every club could say the same, right? But I I just, I, I can't fathom where we're going. And, you know, I, I got a lot of criticism in the week for saying that West Brom was a, you know, a plaster over a seeping pus-filled wound or words to those effects. But it really was because we turned up today, and as I said, I don't want this to be a match report, but... What I saw today was 11 players really didn't have a clue what they were doing. You know, a manager who's completely out of his depth, you know, a guy who I like, but a guy who's just completely out of his depth, uh, a board who have invested in him, but are largely absent. You know, that's probably for another day. A technical director who's had 12 holidays in the last six weeks and, you know, has bought players that I don't even think he's ever seen before, which on the manager's recommendation. I mean, that's my intro. <sighs> Where where are you? I mean, what does today change anything about how you feel, or were you already feeling a little bit crap coming into it? Uh, it's kind of hard because obviously I'm, I'm I've always been of the mindset of uh, I like Arteta, but I said I, I think where I was at was in at the end of end going into the end of last season. I said I tweeted something and I said if you're going to go into the season knowing that in around November you're going to sack the manager you're better off doing it in the summer. And what's what's happening now is we've, we've got to three games and I'm seeing a lot of excuses now of, you know, the game type, who, who we're playing, or, or, you know, so many excuses. It's unbelievable. I've never known a manager to get this many excuses, to be fair. And my thing is, if you know that your process, whatever we're doing now, is not going to get you higher than eighth, that's even if we're lucky, to be honest, then... What are we hanging on for? It's, you can't waste the whole season after three games. So my thing, that's where I'm at. I'm at like, there's literally no point in this continuing. I know a lot of people will say, well, you played Chelsea and Man City, you know, um, and all of that type of stuff. But it, for me today, when I saw that team news, I was like, what is going on in this club? What is actually going on in this club? That as soon as you saw the team, you were like, what is what actually is that backline? Like you've got Callum Chambers, who was not good enough to play for Fulham at the back, so they moved him to midfield. Kalasanach, who's never been good enough. We've been trying to get rid of him for so long. You've got Rob Holding, who we tried to get rid of. He stayed. He's not good. We knew Rob Holding wasn't good enough. You've got Cedric, who I can't even, his performance today, um, don't even get me started on him. And then Tierney, who you did play in left centre back for the majority of your time when you're trying to that hybrid system, then you've got him at left wing back. And then you're just thinking, what is actually going on? And then a big club, you know, your big club, you can't, you, you go into a game. With, so, so anyway, I could go through the team news, but what I mean is that just shows you that there's something not right at the club. There's no one to challenge the manager to say, what, this doesn't, this isn't right. There's something not right here. So are we going to get to November and then we sack him and then we start again? And it's like, what are we, what's going on? That That's where I'm at, to be honest with you. 
I, I think I think you're spot on, mate. I couldn't disagree with any of that. I chuckled to myself earlier on when um, uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Welsh, uh, posted a tweet and he said, uh, five minutes to incoming meltdown over team selection. And I chuckled and I sent him a meme back. And then five minutes later, I had a meltdown over the team selection. And I was like, this is just, I'm living in a simulation. Because I saw that team and I just, I knew what was coming. Um should we touch on that a little bit now? I mean, yeah, only our only our club, only our manager seemingly could pick a player. Sorry, pick two players, one of which he tried to sell uh, a few months ago who, you know, just we decided we wanted an extra two million over, which wouldn't even pay for another month of Mesut Ozil's contract that we're still paying off, by the way. Uh, only he could bring him back and offer him a new contract, uh, only to see him get sent off today and probably could have got sent off against Chelsea as well. So that's, that's point one. Uh, only he could then put a player into the squad and into the team who he's literally been trying to pay off to send to Turkey to join Mesut this very week. Fantastic stuff. Carl, um, coming to you on this one then. So, again, leaving aside, not leaving aside, that's the wrong way to put it, but if you if you sum up everything today, you know, excluding the match and the obvious mistakes in-game and, and all of that, which we'll cover on the podcast next week, where 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 do you sit on the me Femi scale? I mean, I think you and I are quite similar in our in our views, but what what is what sort of changes do you think are needed and what's realistic? Because I can't see the manager going anywhere right now, to be honest with you. We know what needs to change. And unfortunately, and this is gonna be a, a broad statement, but everything when 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 the fish is rotten, you cut the head off. Now as Arsenal fans, obviously we have an affiliation with the club and we know what we like and we know what we want. If you used to ask Arsenal fans, and I've done it in a poll, like um, if you could only change one thing, what would you change? The owners, the managers, I think it was the owner and the manager, like if one had to go, who would go? Now, someone then replied to that tweet and said, if you change the owners, then the manager would go. And it's kind of true because if you change the owner and someone who really cared about Arsenal and, and knew football and, you know, had like a had common sense and was a quote-unquote footballing person, whatever that means. But they would come in and they would see what's wrong with this club. And I can guarantee there'll be a whole load of people with P45s the next day because we all know that Eddie would go. Like, if, if, if the three of us were... I don't know, somehow we was like playing in our garden and we managed to find this whole load of oil in our garden and we all struck it rich and, you know, we became billionaires overnight and then we decided to buy Arsenal Football Club for our sins and for some reason Stan Kroenke accepted. Whereas we'd go on with passion, like you, some most of us got a little business increment inside of us. Now, I know if I owned Arsenal Football Club, it would be Edu, Richard Garlic. And um, the oh, Vinay, all in the room. And I would sit them down, Dragon's Den style, and it would be, you tell me why you should keep your job. Convince me why you should keep your job. Tell me what you've done for Arsenal Football Club in the last three years to keep your job. What could Edu say? Brought in a centre-back for 50 million. Okay. Gave a 32-year-old uh, a three-year contract paid five million for a right back from Southampton when uh, he was always going to be out of contract, gave him a, a four year contract. Like what, what have you done? Like, and some of these, 
people can say these are uh, some of the things legacy from Raul, but you all three had to sign off on it. No matter what, you three had to sign off on this shit. So what what have you done? Tell me why you should keep your job. And I guarantee none of them can say that. Like what? There are so many things wrong with Arsenal. And it's down to things like the stadium. And Femi was Femi's been to the stadium recently. The stadium is in a shit state. I went past it the other day when I had a meeting uh hybrid Lisington and I took it the long way round. Like you look at the stadium's all faded, like the mirror outside. It looks shit. It looks like it's been up for 50 odd years. The cannon outside, it's all peeling. This is Arsenal Football Club. Have some passion. Like this is your house. Yeah, you wouldn't make your house look like that. So why is it okay to have like this the stadium is not I'm not saying it's falling down because clearly it's not. It's a it's a very new stadium, but it needs a fresh lick of paint. And you think to yourself, why? Why does it look like that? Have pride. And there's no pride that if you as an owner and you really cared about that, you'd walk past the stadium and think, the fuck is that? Like, look at it. It looks shit. Like, and there's just nothing there. For me, it just... And this is the problem when I say you need to cut the head off. It's from the top to the bottom, from the from the person who literally signs the checks to the person who cuts the grass or puts the hot water in the flipping player's tea. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, there are so many things wrong with Arsenal that need to change. Unfortunately, will they change? And for me, they're not going to change until the owner changes. And we can all sit here and be very honest, the owner is not going to change. He's not going to sell. Unless someone, somewhere, unless Jeff Bezos comes with like a three, four billion pound offer. That's the only reason why he's going to change. He's not, no one, we'll probably touch on it later about um, the Qataris. And I know we spoke about it on the pod and if you haven't listened to the pod, definitely listen to the conversation with um, Chris, Jock and Ellis had about that, but the owner's not going to change. So because the owner is not going to change, he doesn't, if he really cared about the football club, let's face it, Arteta would not be there. But at the same time, you don't give someone 200 million pounds and not give them time to, sorry, I meant Richard. That's all I meant Richard, sorry. But you don't give someone 200 million pounds to spend and then don't give them time to try and implement said plan. Like, you you just don't do that. So it's a case of until the owner changes. And the only reason why Arteta will go is because of fan pressure. Fan pressure is the only reason why Arteta is going to leave. No other reason. Not because the results aren't good. It's because what will start happening is that people will stop going to games. Femi went to the Chelsea game and even the Friday before the Chelsea game, there were thousands of tickets still available. I've never seen that Arsenal. And yeah, you can look at it with the COVID restrictions and I know you need to be like, um, people are just not going into crowds. And yeah, that has a little implement uh, or increment of things that have gone wrong. But I've never seen Chelsea at home, first home game of the season, and there are thousands of tickets on a Friday before the game on a Sunday. That's just, it doesn't, it's never being seen ever because people are normally scrambling around for tickets. Oh, have you got a ticket for Chelsea? Got a ticket for Chelsea? The Norwich game, Femi, I know you're going to go to that game. That ground is going to be, I'm not going to say half empty because that's just silly to say that, but there are going to be thousands of seats left. And for me, there's just no pride in Arsenal. Like, there's just, 
we're not the guy. I remember being proud to say, yeah, I support Arsenal. Like, I still am, but at the same time, it's a case of who, who, why should I be proud to support Arsenal? Like, I don't let Arsenal stress me no more. Like, I don't, like I said, I switched off and I carried on doing my day job. But for me, there's there's got to be something to change and it's got to be at the top. Changing the manager, yes, that will be a short-term fix. But to the long-term, is the same thing going to happen when the next manager comes in? Probably, well, they might have a bit more now than uh, Arteta does. But for me, you've got to change the owner. And unfortunately, the owner is not going to change anytime soon. We're just It's wishful thinking right now that the owner is going to change anytime soon unless a monumental bid from somebody comes in. And even then, when the bid comes in, there's no guarantee that the Premier League are going to accept the new owner because, like we said, look at Newcastle. Newcastle had the bid all lined up and the Premier League looked into it. Obviously, they didn't ratify it and Newcastle are still in the hands of Mike Ashley. But again, if whoever comes in for us, there's no guarantee that they are going to accept. So, sorry, I know I've been on a bit of a rant, but... It's just, it, it's frustrating. It's just, it really is. It, it's, it's just frustrating that as the average fan, you, me, Femi, Danny, Josh, John, to an extent, I know John sees the world through Arsenal tinted glasses, but, you know, we can see what's wrong. We can. We can all see what is wrong. And unfortunately, the people who can't see what's wrong is the decision makers. And it's just, it, it's sad. <laughs> See, but then you say the decision makers, but you have to look at these these guys that are now the decision makers as to how do these guys, when you're saying ask them what they've done, how do they get the job in the first place is what I want to know. How did Edu get the job in the first place? How do, let's even start from Gazidis just brought Raul in. Did he interview him or was it just, you know, this is my mate. He did some work with me in America, so let me bring him in. Then Raul brings... Edu in based on relationships with some certain agents, clearly. So then how what process did they do to get the job? Then you get rid of all those guys and Edu's there, Vinai's there. What qualifications does Vinai have to be in the position that he's in? So then now, if you get rid of Arteta and Edu, is it Vinai that's going to make a decision on who didn't... Are you still doing a director of football? Why did you do the director of football if you are going to make Arteta manager? Now Arteta is Edu's... But like, what is... It's just absolute but shambles. Is, but this is what I'm saying, Femi. It's, it's a case of... As you know, in any company... And I live in... Take, I take London Underground as an example. When you get to director level, it's not what you know. It's all who you know. They're all people know certain people in certain circles, and it's all its job. Like, um, so the managing director of London Underground now used to be the managing director of British Airways, and he was obviously interviewed by a man who used to work for BAA. So he's obviously known someone who can bring in people. So it's all it's all amazing. I'm not saying he can't do the job. Boss, if you're listening to make sure I'm just I'm saying you can do the job now, just make it clear. But you kind of get what I mean. Like, so it's all when you get to that managing director level of massive companies, it's all who you know, like it's all people that you know. Um, because clearly, if I'm if I say let's say for some reason I, I now I'm a billionaire and I own Arsenal Football Club, of course I'm gonna bring people in that I know that you, because people want yes men around them. 
So people don't want to be challenged. People don't want to have the people to say around them like, oh, I don't think that's right. So that's why um, Raul brought in Edu. Edu's inexperienced. Let's be very honest. Edu's very inexperienced in his job. But I guarantee Edu is a yes man. So where Raul would have said to Edu, oh, X, Y, Z, Edu would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. He's not going to challenge him. Like, you think, like, just let's just take the Cedric deal. Let's just look at it broadly, took the Cedric deal. We paid five million. <laughs> we paid five million for a loan for Cedric Nickwick. Five million. And Cedric he didn't was play. free. Cedric was he didn't free. play, first of all, yeah. Yes, and he was free at the end of the season. Free. And we paid five million loan for him. Now, Chris, let me get this clear. So you know you can get something free. Uh, let's just say that you're going to buy one of your funky pair of trousers. And you know for a fact that at the, in five months' time, those pair of trousers are going to be free. But then someone says to you, do you know what, Chris? You can have this now, but I want you to pay £5 for it. Oh, this is in, in those terms. But it's free at the end of the season. Like, you're going to look at it and think, okay, and um, was we in dire straits? No, we got him and he was injured. Like, so why would you do that? And then he hasn't played a game and you offer him a four-year contract. <laughs> what did you see? And, and another time people could say, oh, he was a Portuguese international and blah, blah, blah. Was he really tearing up the um, league for Southampton to think, flipping out, oh, this guy is definitely worth it. So what process went into thinking that Cedric paying £5 million loan for him when he didn't play and then saying, we're going to give you a four-year contract. What, 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 where, where, did, where did that go? And it's decisions like that. You think to yourself, these are the guys in charge, like Femi said, who are running Arsenal Football Club. Now, what do you have? What footballing knowledge do you have to say yes? And I know people could say, well, if you was good at the job, you'd be running it. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that I can't have an opinion. And just because they're in the job don't mean that I don't know more than them. It just means that they're in the position where they can make certain decisions. So that's just one deal for me. Like, we, you and I could definitely go on and on and on about so many deals. We could. Like, we could talk about so many. Like Chris said, Xhaka was out the door, but then you bring him back in and you give him a contract when you were trying to sell him. Kalasinac, you play him against... The, the champions of England when you're trying to send him, get him out the door. Like, it, wh 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 where, where's the logic there? It's it, not even it, the trying to sell him. It's like Cedric, for the whole of the second half of last season, Cedric was deemed useless. You Like, literally, to the point where even the position that we, you know, got him as cover for left back, we had to move Xhaka out of position to play. He literally was not trusted at right back or left back. He was done as far as I'm concerned but like you said because he's got a four-year contract they cannot get rid of him so he's done then all of a sudden he's now starting right back it's like what the f what is going on Bellerin is just nowhere to be seen fair enough he wants to leave you, you might not I don't understand if it's either he gets his move or he doesn't get his move but the fact that he's still there he's not being played 
he but collapsing that shit. Like it's all these like there's no explanations to any there's no answers to any of these questions. It's just an absolute shambles gone, Chris. I know, I know you haven't this, spoken. This this no, it's it's fine. I'm I'm enjoying this. It's therapeutic. I can just sit here and nod along to every single word you're both saying. The the thing is as well is that I want to touch on this I want to touch on this subject of I've seen a lot on this on Twitter this afternoon and um, one account, I can't remember the name, uh, Spanish Gooner, I can't remember his name, but I actually think he has a lot of sensible things to say, but he came out with this line this afternoon or this evening that said, um, you know, you shouldn't point fingers at the ma- at the manager until this board goes, until the whole club is restructured, you know, you can't lay the door at the manager. Um, and I also hear, the other one that I also hear a lot is this squad isn't good enough. Um, I'm just going to say one word to both of those things and it's simply this, bullshit. Absolute Bullshit. I'm sick and fucking tired of people telling me this squad is not good enough to compete in this league. All right. Look at this league. I know everyone wants to think that the Premier League is the best league in the world and it's fantastic and all this. Well, here's a news flash for you guys. Uh, Serie A, Liga, Bundesliga and um, uh, what's the other league? I've forgotten it. La Liga. La Liga, La thank Liga. you. Um, have also got some fantastic clubs, some fantastic heritage, history, players, etc. Just because the Premier League is marketed as the best league in the world does not mean that Club 1 down to Club 20 are brilliant. It doesn't. Okay, we, And we proved that last year. Because if, if, if the league was run on just how much heritage and history a club has, then we would be at the top all the time. We're not because we're a shit show. And this whole idea that our squad that we have right now cannot compete, and I'm not asking for, to quote Dom, I'm not asking for this club to be pushing for the Champions League and, and for, for the title this season, next season, three, four, five years' time. I'm not asking for that. But the bare minimum, the bare minimum I expect from a club of this size in the nation's capital with the amount of money and backing and sponsorship and everything that goes with it, the minimum I expect is that we should be fighting for top six, let alone top four. We should be fighting for top four. I'll take top six while we invest in the process. But what I won't accept is 10th, 12th, 14th, or by the way, tonight, bottom of the table, three games. What is it? One shot on target today, zero goals, nine conceded. It Like, you, you can't tell me that the squad we have on paper is not good enough to be beating certain clubs in and around us. And that's no disrespect to the clubs in and around us because they're playing better than us. What David Moyes has done at West Ham is nothing short of incredible. But even Steve Bruce is getting the tune out of Newcastle. You know, Aston Villa suddenly think they're they're Aston Madrid, as I call them. You know, they, these these clubs are looking at Arsenal now and going, do you know what, guys? We can go past this. And the other one I hear from people is, oh, well, you know, you, you can't judge Arteta. And Sorry, John, I'm going to quote you on this one. Judge Arteta after Norwich. John, we're bottom of the table after three games, mate. Norwich will be licking their lips. You know, you remember when everyone said, well, we got Burnley at home next season, last season. Do you remember that game? Yeah, we lost. Uh, oh, and Xhaka got something off that day as well, didn't they? God, give me strength. But do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the, we're not we're not a club that anyone fears, home or away. We're, we're not, you know, and, and you, you can't you cannot sit there and tell me this boy isn't good enough. And on and on the 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 um, the ownership point of view. None of us on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure any podcast or any opinion of any Arsenal fan who's got any semblance of a brain, will tell you that the Cronkies are brilliant owners. I don't think anyone would say that they are, but they're not the bloody worst. And they have backed this manager to the tune of, what is it, £120 this summer. Every player that manager has asked for, 
he's been given within reason, as far as we know. Okay, I don't think he asked for Messi or Ronaldo or, you know, for the realistic targets he's gone for. He spent £50 million on a centre-back who can't head a ball at the moment. And I'm not saying he's not a talented player. I I do think he's got some, some qualities, but we didn't need it. He spent 30 million quid on a goalkeeper who I actually quite like. He seems like a really decent bloke and I think he will be a decent goalkeeper. I think he got probably a little bit too much stick, which has nothing to do with him. It's all about his feet. That's not his fault. He's a decent goalkeeper. But is he 30 million pounds? No, he's not. He's 10 million at most. And we paid 30 million, you know, and, and Sheffield United held on for that or 24, whatever it is. You, 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 can't, you can't just say the ownership is to do with this. The ownership doesn't put the formation out. The ownership doesn't pick Cedric at right back. The ownership doesn't play Granite Xhaka when he tried to find him out the door. The ownership, and this is another one, the ownership does not come out after the game and say he wasn't disappointed at Granite Xhaka's decision-making and then very quickly move the question on to being disappointed about the second goal. Sorry, Mikel, the question was, were you annoyed that your captain played like a fucking child again? Were you bothered? Did that bother you? Did that change your tactics? The answer you're looking for there, Mikel, is I prefer to focus on the positives, you know, or I don't want to speak about that in public. We'll deal with the player internally, not just skip over it and forget it. Like, I I get that you can't just come out and throw the player under the bus, but the guy shouldn't be at the club. It's not it's not I hate the person. It's not I hate him as a sure he's a lovely bloke. I'm sure he does nice doodles with his kids and and puts them to bed on time and gets up and makes his wife a lovely coffee. I'm sure he's lovely. And for Switzerland, he's fantastic. For Arsenal, he's not fucking good enough. And he hasn't been for three, four, five years. And we're still building our team around him. Meanwhile, Lukonga, who plays brilliantly for two, for two, two games, a player we've, none of us have really even heard of sits on the bench. What must that kid be thinking? What must Martin Erdegaard be thinking today? I've come back and signed for this. What, what am I here for? I'm going to stop there because I'm going <laughs> off on a tangent. But, it's, it's, you know. No, but I hear you, Chris. It's not even that. And I hear what you're saying about, you know, I've heard, uh, the, man, the the owner doesn't pick the tactics, doesn't do X, Y, Z. But then is Arteta ever held accountable? So, you know, like a child, like, um, Femi, you've got kids. So, yeah. your child does something wrong. And then you come home and you see that thing is wrong and you ignore it, then what's your child going to do? It's going to do the same thing, isn't it? Isn't she? Yeah. Like, yeah. so, and then, and then your child does something maybe a little bit worse. And then you don't say nothing to her. Like you just, you just, you just ignore it. So they're going to keep on doing it. I'm not, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying I tested the child and she should be disciplined, but surely if something happened, like even at work, if you've done something at work, and it was wrong. Your manager's going to take you in and say, Femi, come here with a little word. Um, why, why, why did you do this? Why, why did this happen? And you should be held accountable. Now, we don't know what goes on in Arsenal boardroom. We don't know if there's a meeting every Monday and they talk about the result. Let's uh, be honest, is there? More than likely, no, there's not. However, because um, if there was, surely you, you'd be scared. And People look at Arteta and they, they, you can say, yeah, he looked... Um, I, like I said, I switched off after and then the news was on sort of in the in the background at work and I saw his face and he just... He just he almost got shrugged. I think they scored a goal and they focused on Arteta. They scored a goal. And he didn't turn away and didn't like... You know, he looked frustrated. 
he just looked and you got all the Man City fans and uh, Man City bench cheering and he's just like he's almost, he almost looks shell-shocked and you're thinking to yourself bro do 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 something like do something and listen Arteta like you said Arteta could be a, a lovely guy but this job is not for Mikel Arteta it was a plan that went wrong and it's a plan that is going worse and worse and worse by the day. It, it's, this yeah. job is too big for Mikel Arteta. Like when he was at Man City, yeah, you know what? He was learning from, I don't know, we had to call Pep a, a checkbook manager, but he's a very good coach. Let's be like, we have to be honest, Pep is a very good coach. And did Arteta learn enough from him? Probably not. You cannot come to Arsenal Football Club as your first job as a manager. I'm sorry, it doesn't happen like that. It, it doesn't. God's sake, even Frank Lampard, and yeah, he didn't last long at Chelsea. Even he learned his trade at, in the, in um, the Championship at Derby. But like, what did they do when the it didn't work out? What did they do? They got, well, they what, did, what did Chelsea do the minute straight, they the minute a good straight, coach was available? Straight mm. away, they they got rid. Only got a soul shot for, I mean, yeah, he's been back to the high hill, but he went and learned his trade. Yes, okay, albeit in the Norwegian league. But he then got the job here and, yeah, he's, you know, he's kept Man United afloat and, yeah, he made it to the European final, got beaten, um, and they, Man United have now, he's backed him. Man, like, for me, Man United are, them and Chelsea are definitely favourites for the league title. But, you know, these managers have gone out and learned their trade. Mikel Arteta was Pep's assistant, so wasn't really the main man. And then they've given him the Arsenal job. Like, so it, like, I'd love to know in the interview, like, he must have had an amazing interview. But like, I don't know who else interviewed for the job when Emery left. But you're thinking to yourself, what experience? Like, surely you go for a job, Chris and Femi. And what's up, did they say? Tell me your experience. Well, I was Pep's assistant. Okay. What, what else have you done? Like, you didn't, did you coach on the 21 team or the under 23? Did you coach on 18s? No, you was an assistant. So you've never really taken charge of a football team. You've always been, you, your job as assistant. You left Arsenal as a player, retired, and you went to go and be an assistant manager. You got your coaching badges, but you haven't taken charge. So, like, where's the accountability? Where's the, you know, experience? This Arsenal Football Club, we was in dire straits when Emre left. Yes, we was in fifth, but we was in we was in a bad place. And you hire a manager who took us to eighth, you give him, and then it's the excuses. Oh, he hasn't had a full season, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. He had a full season, made us eighth. Oh, COVID, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool, say this. Um, we're back, Hugh. And then um, preseason was another excuse. Yeah, give you a pre. Yeah, the preseason yeah. had a preseason. How many games did we win in preseason? Now it's <laughs> and then, now it's Norwich. And then and then and then and then, and then, and then I was the ones at preseason saying this is really bad. And what's everyone saying to me? Oh, it's only preseason. It doesn't matter. Of course, it fucking matters. Everyone on Twitter, I was the one saying, "There's no one worried." And it was like, "Oh, it's only preseason." And uh, what happened? What we beat Millwall four one at the training ground and everyone started getting hype. Seriously, like come on. And it's just it's just 
for me, it's just ridiculous. So, and then everyone's telling me that the Chelsea games and Man City games don't count. What do you mean they don't count? Last season, we beat them twice. So why now doesn't it not count? Did it, did it not count when we beat them twice last season? Like, do you know what I mean? There's always an excuse. For people that want to see Arteta succeed, then let me make this clear. No one here wants to see Arteta fail. Nobody. No. Everybody wants... Listen, if Arteta came out and they we beat Norwich 6-0, and then we beat Burnley 4-0, and then we beat the Scum 7-0, and then like, we came out and we was winning games, no one would be like pissed off that we're now winning Arteta staying. Everyone would be like, oh, fuck me. Like, he, he, he's, he's doing stuff. But can anyone really sit here or even listening to this right now and see Arteta turn this around? No. Because what, there's nothing that Arteta has shown within the last season and a bit to, to, to turn this around. Yes, and Chelsea think, were the yeah, European champions. Yeah. And yes, Man City are the league champions. But when did we start giving up on games before we even played them? When did we start this? When did we start dismissing games, thinking shit? We're not going to get anything here. Can't, this is Arsenal Football Club we're talking about. And then your point, Chris, to say that this team is not good enough. So let's go like quickly. Let's go through the players that. So he's got a goalkeeper, that's his. He's got a right back, that's his. He's got two centre backs, that's his. He's got a left back, that's his. He's got a centre mid who he wanted to keep for some unknown reason and made him vice captain. He's got a centre mid, two centre mids in Partey and Lukonga, who who are his. You've got Saka, who's good enough to get into the squad. Odegaard, who is his. You've got Smith-Rowe, who is good enough to stay and obviously get a new contract and stay. And you've got Pepe, who, okay, not his, but he plays. So that's a team. That's all his players. So why now do we make the excuse that these players are not good enough when Mikel Arteta bought all these players? The only players that Mikel Arteta has not bought in a position is a striker. He's not in any all the players that he's bought, he's not bought a striker. So this thing about oh he's not good enough, where where does that come from where all these players are Arteta's? It's just it's just mad. It's just mad. Sorry Femi. No 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 what I was gonna say for me, yeah, definitely I mean what you said about pe- people thinking that fans want to be unhappy it, it I think it defies logic that you want to be unhappy with your football club. I think for most of us, you know, thinking about Arsenal, talking about Arsenal, that's what we love doing. The more fun it is, the more, you know, the, the good experience, the good vibes, you know, that's that's what we love. I mean, how long I've been supporting Arsenal since 1989, you know, I've never seen Arsenal in, in this kind of position. And for me, just focusing on the on the pitch stuff, it's when you start looking at the the, the, the stats, you know, I don't even look at the XG and all of that kind of stuff. When you start looking at the shots on goals, we thought that was bad last season. I mean, it's been the desert. Like, shots on goals, goals, goal threat. There's no goal threat. We go into games looking meek. The pressing, we don't know whether we're pressing or we're not pressing. We don't know whether we're passing out from the back or we're not passing out the back. We, we, there's, there's things that were apparently his principles that he demanded that have just non-existent right now. There's the non-negotiables that they were there for some players, but it doesn't seem to be there for some players. You know, it's all this flip-flopping, you know, the coaching stuff. Who's, 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 who, he chose the coaching stuff. What 
are these coaches doing? Like, what what are they? What structure are they giving Steve Round? What 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 is Steve Round? What is Albert? Albert is an experienced in sorry inexperienced as well. So you've got two inexperienced men as manager and first assistant because he's always talking to Albert. That's the person he's talking to. Then you get a bunch of young coaches as well around him. You know, there's there's just nothing that says okay it's just going to turn around magically you know we saw this run last year in between what october and december 26th i think when we played chelsea where it was that's why it's not an it's not like a zero out of three games we we've seen this run before on the arteta at where it was just like it's like a death spiral basically where you're just you're just going downhill and you can see no way out there's no goals there's no goal threat. Your strikers look isolated. Your strikers are just running around like headless chicken. This season, first game, we played Balogun. Absolute, just running around like a headless chicken. Didn't know what was going on. Then we played Martinelli against Chelsea. All Martinelli did was just run and run and run. Hardly touched. He probably had three touches, I can remember. This game, you played Aubameyang. He was just running around, running around, nothing. So then you get to the point where you're just like, are you just going to keep throwing more and more players at this? There's no, th- there's just nothing. And then now the one thing that he had, which was structure, I'm thinking, was that structure because of it was good structure? Or was it because there was no fans in the stadium? There was no pressure on the players because as soon as fans have come back in the stadium, our defending has gone to absolute rubbish. And we saw it in preseason. And what's funny is what's funny is that people were saying, oh, it's just preseason. I said in preseason, our set pieces have gone down the pan. I know we got we lost our old set piece coach. And people are like, no, it's just preseason. Man City were hammering us on pep on set pieces today because they figured out teams are not managers are not stupid they're not stupid they figure out your weakness and they targeted it chelsea figured out our weakness last week on the left hand side and they targeted it today man city on the right hand side and on set pieces they hammered us non-stop on those two things so it's like all these things where for me when he first came in the reason why I was a little bit confident was he looked like he had an idea of what other teams were going to do, but he could set it up and and he he seemed like the the cool kid, the professor in the room. Now he he just looks lost to be honest with you, and that's my biggest thing. It's like we can keep making excuse after excuse. I don't know what the next excuse is going to be to be honest with you. <laughs> do, you do you know what's do you know what's more worrying about? And I'll get a flavour from. Um, elsewhere on social media in a minute, which I'll, I'll I'll share with you. But what always gets me as well is, and, and as Carl quite rightly said, I loved Arteta as a player. I genuinely did. You know, was he fantastic in terms of, you know, he wasn't like a, a sort of a ball bells and whistles, you know, a Neymar type of character, was he? But he he was steady. You know, he came in, ironically, after we lost that 8-2 game, didn't he? And, and it, you know, he steadied the ship and he was a, a solid 7-8 out of 10 manager. Uh, player, sorry, and I thought maybe we would get that in a manager, and and I, you know, I along with a lot of people got probably a bit carried away after the FA Cup, and 
I think if you go back now and you watch those games now, I mean, we shithoused our way through the FA Cup, didn't we? Let's be honest. You know, we got huge slices of luck and, and, and you know, you win it. Lucky teams win cups sometimes. Good teams win cup win cups sometimes. That's what happens. But I, I agree with, with what Carl was saying there. Nobody on this platform or I'm sure... You know, apart from the you know, the, the morons who just shout in, into their phones and cars, most people have got a, a rational sort of. Uh, we're all passionate, but we've got a rational sense of it. This is not a you know we're abusing the man as a as a as a, an individual. We're not saying he hasn't got any talent. Or I think he's a very good coach, but he's as Carl said, he, he's not a very good coach for Arsenal, and at no point has he really been. And and the really worrying part, which I'll touch on in a second, is that he seems to have gone backwards from what actually worked when he came in, that he's he's now gone the other way. And there are people, there are still people out there that back him, and I, I get that and I understand that. But when people are saying to me that, you know, if you look at today's game, oh, well, it all changed on the sending off. Oh, well, it just changed on the first goal. Guys, you, come on. Like, it's, it's delusional to think that way. In my opinion, I, I cannot understand how anyone can watch that game today and say to me that it's not a red card or that we weren't outplayed or that. I mean, the only thing, the only thing I can say is the idea that Callum Chambers should just man up when he's slapped in the face from I think it was Joe Cole is the most brain dead thing I've ever heard in, in, in the history of punditry. Like that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a forearm smash off of the 80s or if it's a clip of somebody if you get a hand in your face you're going to hit the deck you just are and i thought that was what var was for but does that really change the course of the game does that really okay we might lose four nil instead of five nil or we might not concede that goal but we end up conceded four more i'm not burnt leno's fan but biggest fan but without him today we ship seven or eight and yet, and yet, I've got people on my timeline even now telling me that the red card changed the game, that it wasn't a sending off because he got the ball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And somebody posted, and forgive me, I don't know who it was. Somebody posted a video earlier on, um, and this is, I'm not, <laughs> I am I am picking on Jack because it's his own fault. Sorry, Granite. Um, yeah, he's watching. He watches all our shows. The, the, the same clip was posted, and somebody posted this clip from the Chelsea game, and Fem, you were there. And, yeah. uh, and and it simply said this. It was like, when Granit Xhaka didn't get a decision his way last week, watch what he does 30 seconds later. And it was that yeah, challenge yeah. where he came racing in, legs high, and he went in, I think it was on Mason Mount, and he got away with it. And what does he do today? If if a player did that on a Sunday league pitch, they'd be taken off by a manager. And yet we're, we're building a team around a guy who can't keep his who can't keep himself in check. You know? So, who, is it, who so, so, so Chris, is it a case of a mental thing? So, listen, we're all... Um, humans and at some point we all need to talk to someone and talk about our problems listen mental health is, is so important it, re it really is like and as men sometimes we don't like to admit it but is it a case of him being taken in by a psychologist or a counsellor and saying okay listen yes we want passion from you and you know we want you to do well but why do you lose your head like is it a disciplinary thing is it an anger thing, you know, he doesn't get his own way, so then he, t he takes out his anger. Is it an anger thing? So, you know, those are the sort of things where I, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but is it a case of uh, someone needs to come in and, and speak to these players and be like, what angers you? Why does that do that? Like, do they, like, I would love, I, I would love just for a week just to sit down 
I mean, we're, well, so we're going to know on the documentary all or nothing, but um, <laughs> which is going to be great. But I, I just want to sit down with Arsenal football. I just go through what they do. They, after this loss, they'll have to tomorrow off and then they're back in training on Monday. Do they watch back this game and then talk about all the stuff that happened? Do they say, right, why did you do that? Watch about the whole 90 minutes. Granted, why did you, why did you do that? Carl, it's a culture of excuses, though, because the manager's patting him on the back and giving exactly. him excuses after yeah. the game. So what... What? Uh, I mean, they were sitting there, you know... It's like a hard man syndrome, isn't it? It's like, let me go and show you that I'm the hard man by picking someone up by the throat, whatever he did in the Burnley game. You know, if Jacques is not getting sent off once in every whatever games, he's making a crazy mistake in those games, like the Burnley, like the other Burnley game. Or, or do, do you see what I mean? It's it, what is like you're saying. What so is then, it? It's like, like we need. So we need something. Needs to someone needs to sit down with him and ask the question. Why? Do you know what I mean? If I, I mean, I can only go, but I'm not a football manager. Clearly, I'm not. I play football manager. Just won the league with me War, by the way. But like, um, <laughs> I'm not. A football I'm not a football manager, but if it was me, and after every game, win, loss, draw, I would go training on Monday, and at the end of the, at the afternoon, we would watch the whole 90 minutes. And you would literally go through the whole flipping game and say, okay, pause the game there. Granted, you had the chance to play the ball out wide to um, Smith Rowe, but you turned back and played it backwards. Why did you do that? What's your mentality there? That clearly you want players to own up and, and see why they did their stuff. But that shit don't happen. You know it doesn't happen because they do it fucking every week. You've got someone like um, El Nene who will literally gets the ball and the first thing he does is turns backwards <laughs> to play it backwards, even if there's a pass to the left or to the right. He turns because that's the mentality. It's the safe road. Play it backwards. Play it. And that's what Granit Xhaka does. Like, Granit Xhaka, his thing is get the ball, look out wide for Tierney. Get the ball, look out wide for Tierney. That's all he ever does. And you're thinking to yourself, at a certain point, surely Mikel Arteta or Steve Round or whoever the coaches are must say, okay, um, who... Now, why do you do this? Like, you want someone to make the mistakes. If you was at work and you're constantly making mistakes, your manager will call you in and say, Chris, why are you always doing this? Oh, sorry, boss. I'll do it right next time. Cool, thank you. Femi, why do you always do this? Oh, because I thought I had to do it this way. No, like, it, it, it's just a, a joke. Like, I don't understand. Arsenal have definitely a mentality issue. We, we, we definitely have an issue with our mentality. I mean, today... It's the first time that I saw um, Aubameyang come out after a loss and speak. Yeah, great. Never seen yeah. that. Never, ever seen that. And let's be honest, was that for all or nothing? Because he's <laughs> never done that ever. So Very telling, you know I, mean? like, I said. I thought. Yeah. Mm. And they had to come out. And I think um, I, so I watched the interviews on, on Twitter on my phone and you saw Mikel Arteta. I think they asked a question about, I think Aubameyang said something about we've got to play with pride and remember that we're playing for Arsenal. And I think they asked Mikel Teta something along the lines, and he just said something like, oh, if that's what he said, then, yeah, I've got to agree. You can tell he wasn't happy of what he said. No, like, no. Not at all, but you can you can tell. And um, there was a question by... Um, who was it? Um, 
Bonesy. Um, and he said, do you think he's lost the dressing room now? To a certain extent, yeah. To, to a certain extent, I think he has lost the dressing room. I'm not saying the players are down tools, but do they have faith in Mikel Arteta? Does Aubameyang have faith in Mikel Arteta? No. Okay, I can assure you he definitely doesn't. And yeah, you, you know that, Carl, with that, yeah, like, he's, I see what, he, he can't lose the young, he hasn't lost the young players. Now, now the reason why I say this is, young players are very impressionable. Mm. Emery lost the young players. <laughs> I don't think Arteta's lost the younger players in the squad just yet, because they're very impressionable. And what's happened is, he's actually overcoached the young players, as in, you can see that they listen to his instructions to a T. They they play like robots, basically. Whereas the older players, you're right. Players like he lost Aubameyang after the Tottenham thing, as far as I'm concerned. Their relationship, I don't think, has ever been the same. Uh, you know, players like Xhaka, he doesn't lose them because he keeps indulging them. So they don't mind all of that type of stuff. You know, players like William, David Luiz, they were uh, as soon as you, you, we heard the rumors last season when we were on that crazy run. David Luiz and William were the first to knock on Eddie's door and say, "What the hell's going on? Where are they now? They're not. They're rid of." Do you see what I mean? Like he, he, you can see which players are are not with it. So, but the problem is if you continuously fall out and lose the, the respect of so many players, you can't get rid of the whole squad. So you're just left with... So then he's just picking up more young players because he's thinking, oh, these young players, they listen to me. These older players, they're not listening to me. So they've changed 360, the whole tact, which is, let's just bring more young English players in. But I don't know what you think about that. It was so... I think it may have been Simon. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. And they were talking about Arsenal's training regime. And he said, it looked like a game of Sabutio. Like that was on the athletic, where, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like against the beat. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, it was um Sammy Mockball, I think. On um, yeah, I did see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he literally, so you can imagine he's literally telling players stand there, stand there. So he's not giving players the creative freedom to do what they want. And you can imagine, like you said, Femi, the young players, they probably want to do something. Think, oh shit, I've got to run back. I've got to be in this position because that's where I should be. And to an extent, yes, you do want players to be coached, but you've got to have players to have a little freedom. And if someone's literally saying, like, it's like a game of Sabitia where you stand there, you don't run there, you do this, do that, you can imagine it's kind of like, well, you know, you need to, at some point, players need instructions. Of course they do. But at some point, let players off the leash. There's, like, there's no let, there's no joy, Carl, is there? There's no joy. Like, we we mentioned earlier on about um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, and as I say, I... I don't think he's. He was in the chat earlier. Um, I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's a particularly great coach or manager. But what he is, he's a club legend, just like Arteta. But what he is is a manager who inspires players around him. You know, he inspire, inspires his team. And one player I, I would like to pick up on. I, I wasn't his greatest fan as a player, particularly because he um, was a bit annoying when he played against us. Jesse Lingard. Um, I probably, I'll be honest with you, I probably wouldn't go for a pint with a guy. I think he's a, he's a bit much for my personality. But what he is, is a decent footballer. Um, and he went to West Ham and he proved that. He's come back into that Manchester United squad. And, OK, he, he's probably not going to get games. He probably will get sold. 
But he came back to that United squad. He took his shirt back. He worked hard. He's got some minutes this season. He went on loan. He became back a better player. And whenever you hear him talk about, you know, the club, whatever, he talks very highly of, of the manager and the setup and that. You know, the, and Sammy's right. The only player, the only players that we have that talk highly of the manager are the younger players or the departing older players, you know, so they're, they're moving on. So they're not going to say anything bad, are they? And I think it, it sort of speaks when you, I watched the United game against Leeds, you know, United were pretty, pretty rough at the back, but they won the game and they, and they looked like a team that were enjoying their football, that were having fun. You know, I know for a fact, well, actually that's, that's probably a bit, bit over the top to say fact, but I've got enough people from enough sources in France to tell me Paul Pogba isn't happy and he, he would like to move on from Man United, right? Regardless of Ronaldo and all that, he would like to move on. But he's been brilliant this season and he ran that game from, from United's midfield. And why? Because they played to his strengths and they allowed him off the leash. Same with, you know, Edison Cavani. His career was basically finished when he left, when he left PSG. Went to United, he's done brilliantly. You know, th- th- there are, they're, they're giving Mason Greenwood, they're giving these players the opportunity to perform, to play. Even Anthony, Anthony Martial, who, by the way, would probably do a job for us right now. You know, you can see he's not happy. You can see he's, he's not enjoying his football. But as a personality, he's still getting chances. He's still getting the, the, the game time. And he's still getting the love from the manager who's sort of saying, you know, I'll stick with him, even though he's clearly not in a good place. How many of our players do you look at on the pitch and do you think to yourself, they just don't look happy? Lacazette's um, reaction after the game, fair play to him and a few others. First one over to the to the away fans. There's a picture of him on social media of him like that. I'm sorry, basically to the fans. I'm sorry. You know, we're sorry. And this is a guy that everyone's telling, oh, we, we shit, get him out of the club. Fine. You can have your opinion if you don't think he's if you don't think he's good enough. That's absolutely fine. But I'd rather have him around a player who clearly cares about the club and cares about the younger players and cares about how the, how it feels you know, to be a supporter of a club than just bring in another young player who is just going to be brainwashed into this project because that's what, you know, that's what we are right now. We're a project. There you go. There's the pitch Danny's just put up. And I think, like, you know, if you're a Smith Rowe and you've had this, there's a reason that, that Smith Rowe probably had a little chat with his agent this summer about that bid from Aston Villa. Did he ever want to leave Arsenal? Of course he didn't. He's an Arsenal boy through and through. But he's only going to be an Arsenal boy for so long. You know, Bukayo Saka is only going to be an Arsenal boy for so long until the draw becomes actually maybe there's there's a you know another side here. And and if you said to and I guarantee you this, if you said to all those players in that dressing room right now, the younger players in particular, um, you know, nothing against Mikel, but you've got the opportunity to go and play for a Guardiola, a Klopp, uh, a Conte, uh, whoever, you know, a, a manager with a reputation, a winner, even a Mourinho, they would probably all jump at the chance. Not because they hate Mikel Arteta, not because they don't like, but the joy in, in how they are or how they come across is not there. And they're micromanaged within an inch of their life. And it's what, OK, I'm a bit biased on this one because I saw the player he was in a different league. But it's what frustrated me when people were saying to me last season, oh, Pepe's shit. He's not shit. He's a very talented player. Is he erratic? Yep. Does he give the ball away? Yep. But if you buy a player who performs at one club in a formation and a style that suits and you put him into a club where you basically take all that away and say, no, 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 don't, don't do any of that. It's the same reason I said when we bought Odegaard. It's a brilliant signing. He's a fantastic talent. He's a he's a wonderful footballer. So much creativity and vision. He won't be that at Arsenal in six months if we play like this because he'll be a defensive midfielder. 
Then we have to ask the question, our players, so Josh just said something um, that Tierney's gone backwards under Arteta. So do you see do you see players getting better? Like, who can you say under two and a half years of Arteta who's gotten better? Like, Saka, arguably. Arguably Saka, but Saka was always... Uh, Saka's brilliant anyway, isn't yeah. it? Smith-Rowe, he's, he's come on, he's been given game time as Smith-Rowe last season changed the way we played. Like, literally... Without Smith Rowe, God knows where we would have ended up. Like seriously, but so who can you say has really improved under Arteta? And people will then come and say, "Oh, he's got to be given time," and blah 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 blah. Okay, um, a seasoned professional like William, did he get better under Arteta? No. Cedric, uh, did he get better on, under Arteta? No. Like as Callum Chambers pushed on, no. As Rob Holding pushed on, no. Who, who as as Leno pushed on? Okay, granted, goalkeepers aside, that are specialist sort of um, our specialist position. But who who has Josh holding really? No, no, he really has. Mm, <laughs> uh, I, um, no, no, no. That's no, we're, we're going to be honest. Like that's Josh's opinion. That's fine. Do I think <laughs> Rob Holding has gotten better under Arteta? Nah, I, I just can't see because I, I don't see. How he's passing, what Josh is saying. Um, hmm. In all, in all honesty, I can't think back under Emre or um, I can't think about under Emre or Wenger um, how good his passing was, and possibly he, he probably is. Like, but his defending hasn't definitely improved. No way has his defending improved. Like, you think of that masterclass when uh, we beat Chelsea between him and. Uh, Murta Saka. Do you remember when and when um Diego Costa, yeah, and that yeah. was that's probably the best I've ever seen Rob Holding play, definitely. And until the run where he got injured in that Manchester United game, he was decent, and then he got injured in that game, and just messed him up. But I don't think he's improved under Arteta. I can't think like, oh yeah, definitely. Like you think about it, Rob Holding should be knocking on England's door right now. Mm. Like there's there's not brilliant defenders for England, so he should be knocking on the door, and he's not. He's nowhere. Rob Holding is as far from the England squad as Danny's. Like so, it is. I mean, so there's another point on that. Um, sorry to cut across you, but there's another point on that. I'll mention just before I forget. You said about players improving. Look at the players that have either left the club and have got better, or the players that he has. Um, that he's still got on on at the club, that he's, I, I, I'm going to say this, he's holding hostage. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, right, for me, I don't think he was ever, I don't, I personally, I don't think he was ever what a lot of people thought. I don't think he was ever like really high level. I, I think he was a decent serviceable midfielder. And I think if he'd had a slightly better attitude, he probably would have been a right back, you know, for a number of years, right? But to be fair to the lad, before he had a little bit of a, you know, he went to the press and said he wanted to leave and all that, you know, that was probably a bad, bad decision he made. But he was playing under Arteta and Arteta sort of said, you know, while using the right back role, blah, blah, blah. And he got through the FA Cup games and all that. And then all of a sudden um, we we turned down these offers from Wolves. Arteta's in the press saying he wants to keep him. He's part of his plans. And then just completely bombs him out. Like doesn't even interest, not even in the squad, just gone out. Reese Nelson, another one. Is Reese Nelson the second coming of, of Angel Di Maria? No, of course not. But is he a serviceable winger who you could probably get 10, 15 minutes out of at the end of a game? Or is he a guy who can offer something? You know, put it this way. 
would Reese Nelson offer you any less than Cedric, you know, or if you want to put a young player, like even Lukonga, I think, I think he's a very talented player, but if Lukonga was a winger, would you say there's, there's too much between the players? I, I, I don't, I don't know if there is. I, I, some of those players that are there, you know, he sold Joe Willock. Okay. I get it. We needed the money. Why did we need the money? Um, because of the bad business we did previously. You know, let's not go down the Emmy Martinez route again. But there's so many of these decisions that, as you said earlier, Carl, and you said as well, Femi, that have been directly or indirectly decided by Mikel. He's taken those choices. You know, he got rid of Matteo Ganduzzi for attitude issues, but he continues to play you-know-who. And he's stuck with William, you know, until... He hasn't got anywhere near the amount of stick he should have got over the William transfer. That's just quietly happening in the background. He's just quietly off to, off to Brazil. Nobody's mentioning that. This is a guy who pushed to sign him. And when he was asked about it and he was asked about, you know, the reasons. Oh, yeah. Well, some players just, you know, sometimes they don't fit out. I thought Willie, Willie was this. Willie was that. Willie was. Willie has been fucking Willie, Mikel. That's exactly what he's been. He's been dog, you know, so, but you made that choice, my friend, you know, you, you made the choice to bring him in. And not only did you make the choice to bring him in, you made the choice to persist with him for six bloody months when, when Nicola Pepe was sitting there going, look, I know I give the ball away, boss. I know I don't take instructions very well. I know you might not like the way I dress or the fact that I happen to speak French, but can I just get a game? You know, and, and and poor old Billy Seaver, and that's not even that's that's just not even turn that stone over. I think but that's it, a conversation for another day. But yeah, it, it really is. You, you know what? You know, one thing that I'll say about this as well is when you keep making players promises that are not delivered on, you're in big yes. trouble as a manager. He's made a lot. He talks of Mikel talks a fantastic. When I listen to his press conferences on Thursdays, I'm, I'm one back around. I'm like, Oh, he, he sounds like he knows. It. So I can see how he sells these players dreams. He sold Balogun a new dream. You're good. Where Balogun wasn't, he wasn't even on the bench today, to be fair, was the dream to send him out on loan or just to, be a Reese Nelson in the squad. What was the dream that he sold Willian? To be fair to him, Willie, he sold Willie a dream. He said, You're going to be in the Champions League final in two seasons. That's what he told Willian. He sold, yeah, he <laughs> sold, he told, he speaks a good game. He gets players that he wants on his side to sign new contracts. He He's brilliant at it. He, he's very, he seems to be very persuasive at talking players into coming to the club fantastic but you can only get away with that for so long when players start seeing that you're full of crap to be honest with you or your promises are being broken very very quickly you're not gonna make it really and then the other problem that he has is he he's he tells a line of the discipline line which is for example, Mourinho last season, he didn't want, um, what's his name? Danny Rose at all. Danny Rose said, I'm not leaving. I'm seeing out my contract. What did Mourinho do? He did the hot, he took a hard line and said, you're not coming anywhere near the first team. You train somewhere else. That's it. Arteta was spent the majority of the first half of last season complaining about some certain players who are, 
not playing, being bad influences, but they were being kept. They were, uh, this is what I mean. It's like, what is the the what was the point of all of this? Now, at the beginning of this season, we're going to have players who literally don't know what they're doing. And I, when the fixture list came out, I said the biggest issue for Arsenal is not players that they sign. It's the fact that they they're not going to let players go. And we've seen this on the Arsene Wenger games like when Oxley Chamberlain played a game and he yeah. joined Liverpool the next week. And I said, it's going to be players that we do not want, that don't want to be here, that are going to start the season. That's going to be the biggest issue for Arsenal. And we did not sort that out. So they, the lessons are just not being learned, whatever way we, we play it. And that, that point, I made that very point about Kolasinac today. I said it felt like Oxlade-Chamberlain at Anfield or Nasri against Liverpool at, at the Emirates, where they played games where you knew their future was away. I mean, Oxlade-Chamberlain was like an extreme because, I mean, he was basically signing for the club he was playing against that day. But, um, yeah, it was, it was the same. Like, players, as you rightly say, fam, like, if you make a decision on a player, and I, I imagine you're referring to to uh, a certain a certain gentleman called Meza, um you know, whether you liked Meza as all you didn't. And I know a lot of people didn't, and that's absolutely fine. And I think it's fair to say that his decline has been confirmed really since he's gone to Fenerbahce. But he was, uh, and he probably was a disruptive influence, but nobody really asked the question why he was a disruptive influence. Nobody really asked the question why he was, uh, you know, sat at home on Fortnite. Nobody really asked that question, did they? And I think the very fact that the guy is still tweeting about Arsenal to this day, uh, to me, that says something. Like, to me, that actually sort of says that, yeah, but he probably did care and he probably is still a little bit bitter. And yeah, he, he's kind of behaving like a 12 year old girl over it. But to a degree, I kind of, you know, I kind of get it. And I, and I never other... got the whole Mizzet hate thing. So, I didn't either. It was his money. So, well, it was his money, wasn't it? That was, but that wasn't no, his but, choice. That was the club's no, choice. That's what I'm that. saying. They they have said to Ms. Ozil, "We are going to give you three hundred and fifty pounds a week for four years." Ms. said, "Okay, no worries, no work." Cool. Then after two years, the club decided they don't want him anymore. Why should he leave? Like, tell me, you have signed the contract saying you are going to give me this, and he says, "Okay." He signed the contract. Then you decide you want to renege on it, and people are at him because they think he should leave. Why? Mm. Why, why should yeah. he? I've never understood the Mesut hate. Like, yes, as a football fan, as an Arsenal fan, I want him to go. Of course I did, because he was draining the club. But that's not his fault. The no. club literally, he was on his way out, wasn't he, for free, and the club begged him to stay, and he signed a four-year contract. So why mm. should he not on it? So if, imagine it was he flipped it the other way around. You had a contract and then he started saying, let's say he was performing brilliantly and then he started saying, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave. You People be like, you've got a contract, like you've got to stay, blah, blah, blah. But because it's the other way around now, people are pissed off. Mm. I have no, like, yes, I want him to leave and yes, he was all mad, but I've got no ill will against Mesut Ozil. Like, the club gave him that contract. Why should he not sit there and earn his money? If they don't, if the club didn't want to play him because for some reason Mikel Arteta thought, I know we're going to force him out the club, even though we really need a, an attacking midfielder, we're not going to play with one and we're just going to leave him on the bench and not play him. And you're like, you're, you're paying someone 350 grand, they didn't even register him. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's just that, that is the shit that the manager, uh, the uh, owners need to start thinking. We The highest paid player at the club. And you're not playing him. 
Can, can he, you tell me why? But even if he even if he was, as Fem touched on there, even if he was downing tools, and because uh, you know the one thing I always say whenever we do these podcasts, and you know we, we there's, there's a reason we left this till ten o'clock at night because we didn't want to react straight after the game because it would have probably been a lot worse than this. But, um, you know, I always sort of try and, and and I take a breath and I think, yeah, but we don't see these players in training. You know, if I'm coaching a Sunday league team and my star striker turns up pissed as a fart at 10am with a 10.30 kickoff with his pants around his head and his boots up his ass, you know, I'm going to be really cheesed off. But I'm probably still going to play him because he's my star striker. But if if somebody, turn, one of the squad, you know, the average squad players turns up and he's, you know, he, he's the same condition, I just send him home because I don't really give a shit. Well, that's going to affect the, dress, the, the dressing room. It's going to affect the whole, uh, thank you, Danny. It's going to affect the whole sort of move, mood in the in the club, isn't it? So if, if Mesut really was downing tools and he, and he had got to that point where he's like, you know what, I don't want to be here, whatever. Exactly what Femi said. You say, OK, Mesut, no problem at all. Um, you go home. We send you home. You, you don't play Fortnite. You don't go on social media. If you do, we find you every single time you do it. You stay away from the club. You stay away from your teammates. You you know you can't stop people contacting each other. That's that's the modern world. But anything that you that you sell to the press or any any slander that I get wind of, you'll be fined every single time, and we'll out you in the press. And and like Fem said, you know, I'm no fan of Mourinho, but that's that's what you do. You know, Pep Guardiola is probably the same, although questionable decisions about certain left backs uh, characteristics and uh, actions recently but you know there's allegedly there is a certain point where you just have to say to players okay just go away and obviously we, we paid them off in the end but how long did it take us to get to that point and and you know it was the same with Gunduzi, wasn't it you know what what did Gunduzi get get bombed out of the club for it wasn't the Brighton incident it was it was it was his, his reaction to it it was his attitude and training afterwards but the reason that he got such a bad reputation was because he was standing up to you've guessed it Mikel Arteta and we can't have that we, we cannot have anyone question Saint Mikel that's 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 a big no-no you know unless you happen to be one of his players on his contract and you know on his rules and, and that's where these non-negotiables are horseshit you know, um, Carl, I want to get your. Oh, actually, I'll, probably I should give Femme, Femme a go on this one. I mean, both of you, I'll start with him and then come to Carl. Um, I just want to read a couple of tweets to you because I, I always think this is quite telling when you can kind of gauge where things are when you look at people who do this for a living. This isn't just you and I who are just talking around a microphone and waffling. This is like professional journalists. Uh, so I'm just going to read you a couple here. Uh, James Benj, the, these are throughout the day. Uh, I don't know if Arteta survives this. What I do know is that there's is that there are people at Arsenal who would admit they left it too late to be decisive with Emery and getting his replacement. Chris Godfrey trying to flog Shaka, then giving him a new contract, trying to cancel Kolasinac's contract, then starting him against the champions. Big deals for Cedric and Willian, then trying to bin them off a year later. Sending Saliba on loan when gestures at today's centre backs. Uh, sorry, gestures at today's centre backs. Shambolic management. Simon Collings. To be fair, he sounds like a fraud. Worrying thing for Arteta is all things that made the team a success under him start, in brackets, when they won the FA Cup. Structured, organised, discipline weren't evident today. Points at regression and not progression. Huge month to come. Yeah, I think he makes a good point there. Charles Watts only saw the second half of that horror show and obviously the game was done by them. But my word, the lack of energy, organisation and quality was startling. If this isn't rock bottom, then what is? Three games, three defeats, no goals scored, nine conceded. Horrendous. 
And finally, uh, our good pal Ask Blog. I thought the start of the season might be difficult. Played three, lost three. Points none, goals none. Goal difference, minus nine is fucking appalling. Genuinely dismal today. The scoreline could easily have been worse. Is this rock bottom? I mean, I, I, that for me, that's just that's just a small selection. Um, these are all guys, as I say, who do this for a living. These these are not guys who want Arteta to fail. These are not guys who have a, you know, an, an agenda. Um, they're just genuine journalists, uh, people who are paid to report on Arsenal. Um, Fam, what what do you make of that? Because I feel like the the worm is turning here, I, and I and I and I worry about the reaction in that stadium if we go behind to Norwich, or even if we play poorly for twenty minutes. Um, what's your kind of take on the overall, just the atmosphere around what's going on at yeah. the club at the moment? I think one of the things that I'll say is when you read all that and and what i'll say is if you took out the name arteta out of the equation and you insert let's say emery for example or 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 let's even make it better if you took yourself out of the club that you support let's say it was a different club that was having these same issues with a manager that had similar issues last season what would be the outcome I'll leave that with you. What what would be the, the 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 what would you think if you was looking at a different club? If you're looking at Spurs, for example, having this this same issue, what would you think? You would be laughing your head off, and you think it's a shambles. We are, yeah. I, I, Carl, I'll let you take that. I mean, I've, I've said my piece. What do you think? I say this all the time. Like, if you look at Arsenal as a whole, and any other club, if you if uh, if Spurs bought a midfielder from Spain for fifty million, and he had no assist and no goals in the season, we'd be laughing at a waste of money. But we find we find an excuse for Partey. Oh, he's injured. Oh, it's his first season. Blah blah blah. Now I'm not saying that Partey is a waste of money. I'm not. Let me make this clear. But a man, a midfielder for fifty million, no assist, no goals in the season. Can't shoot a ball. Every single shot he has goes high, wide, and handsome. And no one's got nothing to say, no. But let that be Tottenham have done that. We would be rolling around on the floor thinking, who's this player that you bought? It's, it, it, it's a joke. It's just like, if you were to put Arsenal to Spurs, we would be cracking up. We would be thinking, oh my God, like the bottom of the league after three games, Zero, zero goals scored, nine goals conceded. You'd just be laughing. 19, what it at some point today, didn't I saw on Twitter that we had like 3% possession? That's ABW11 could have more than 3% possession against Man City. And that's not an overstatement. I'm, I'm being deadly serious. Because it was uh, it was nineteen percent at the end of the ninety minutes. So let's get, let's give them credit, Carl. Come on, that's you know we only we only surrendered eighty one percent. Come on, be fair. How can you not? How can you not? Like, I'm sorry, uh, Chris, we're Sunday League, and I'm telling you now, like, we're having more than that because I can protect the ball. No one's barging me off the ball. Sure, Femi can. You, you, you know, you send Danny running up the wing in his wheelchair. He's protecting the ball. Like, no one's getting him to kind of get what I mean. Like, so, like, it's just ridiculous to, to do that. <sighs> For me, if this was Tottenham, we'd be cracking up. If this was any other club, if it was Manchester United, if it was any other club, we'd be laughing. But some Arsenal fans, not all, but some Arsenal fans are still trying to find excuses 
Like, I don't know how many more times we can have an excuse. Like, I don't know how many more people say that the season starts now. So when we then have played Norwich, played Burnley, played Spurs, and then we have to, and then it comes around again. We have to play Manchester United. Does the season pause because we play Man United? And then when we have to play Man City, Chelsea again, what what happens then? So if all these play, if all these teams are just big, too big for us. So do we concede six points to Liverpool, six points to Chelsea, six points to Man United, six points to Man City? So that's what twenty four points straight away that you just you just you, you just relinquish. Come on, like it's just and if we get a point, uh, if we manage to get a result against them, oh, it's great. But if we lose, oh, it doesn't matter because we're never going to beat them again. You, you can't have you can't have. Well, well Carl, so you're saying that, Carl. I'm looking at our January fixtures when we're going to have similar problems in terms of players missing because we're going to have you know a few players out there. Nations, yeah, exactly. You've got Man City. Uh, I don't know what the cops are going to be like. You've got Spurs and Burnley. So are we going to lose to Man City and Spurs and then say, oh, well, it was because we're missing players, you know? It is. Yeah. Yeah, Of course it's going to be the excuse. Of course, (laughs) if Arthur is still there, that will be the excuse. Now, Yeah, I mean, you can't have excuses for every single thing. But that's what they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, we didn't have Aubameyang. We didn't have Partey. Who else goes? Aubameyang, Partey. El Nene. El Nene. Pepe. Pepe. That's four. Is Lacan who's Belgian, isn't he? No. Yeah, so that's that's Jesus. four. So that's four players <laughs> that we're going to be missing. Um, senior players. Be. All senior players. So you just yeah. be left with young players there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Jacques. you're thinking... Young players so and Xhaka. So that Xhaka and... So let's face it. Xhaka Lacanga in midfield. Which is Xhaka what we have now. Yeah. If Xhaka... Just, but that's if Xhaka hasn't got a red card or injury... So then if he has got injury, then, then you play Odegaard or um in midfield. Because we how many we don't have that many centre mids. So it's Xhaka Lokonga, Xhaka and maybe Odegaard, you put him as number eight, or Xhaka and Smith Rowe. Those are the only combinations. Now, if Xhaka's injured or is sent off, you're talking about Lokonga. Sorry, you're talking about Lokonga and maybe Smith Rowe in midfield, or Lokonga and um Odegaard in midfield. One small caveat. We we do have to say the window's still open until Tuesday. And we do have to say there might be some January business by then. And I suppose, in theory, we also have to say we don't know if the same manager will be in place then. I mean, we don't, do we? So, yeah, but, no, I take, no, but I take no, your point. Like, you know, it's still... This, this of face value, what we have now. It's still piss-poor planning, isn't it? Whatever way you look at it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I saw it's... people saying that's why we didn't buy Basuma because he's going to that uh, Africa Cup of Nations. But if, if rumours to be, be believed, that's not stopping Liverpool, is it? No. He doesn't He doesn't play for no. his country either. No, no. Because he does Who is it? Who is he plays for? Um, is it Mali or something Mali? like that? Yeah. Something like yeah, that. And he hasn't played for them for like two years or something like that. Yeah. So it's a case of... You know, like you said, it's just piss poor planning and excuses going to be made straight away. Oh, we only have, we've only got Lacazette up front. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's the reason why we're going to keep, um, maybe keep Eddie. Well, he might go to Palace, you know, if that's the rumours to be believed. But who knows? But, you know, it's not like the African Cup of Nations just sprang it on us that they're going to start playing in January. We knew this was going to happen. So, who knows and I I know the market at the moment is there's going to be a big merry-go-round of course there is and the last game last 
knockings last days of the season. There's going to be people trying to grab players here, there and everywhere. Like I totally understand. And there's only so much you can bring in because we need to cut down our wage bill and send it out. And I'm, I don't know if anyone's seen it. By the time people are listening to this, um, maybe tomorrow, you would have seen that Carvey Sodokov just said that Willian is tearing up his contract. If you believe that, you fucking believe anything. Willian is not tearing up his contract. He's 240 grand a week. And you think that Willian's going to tear up that contract just to leave Arsenal? People don't it's- believe the hype. Don't believe what Kia Drumptions has been feeding Sky News. He is not doing that, I can assure you. If if you believe anything that comes out of Carly Fraudicole's mouth, you're a bigger idiot than I am. I'm just going to say he's that. Not, he, I'm sorry, he's not doing that. Please don't believe. No. That is a agent who has fed Carvey to say that. So yep. that when he does leave Arsenal or he doesn't leave Arsenal, because say, well, it did offer, then Arsenal turned it down. He's not tough. 240 grand a week. And you think that he's just going to walk away just to leave Arsenal? Mm. And, and, and also... And you got like, um, I'm just going to, sorry, Avon, I'm going to pull you on this one. You knew it was coming. Avon's just put in the chat, Laka, that's the guy who loves the club and is running his contract down. Avon, do you blame him? Do you blame the guy? Do you like, this is a guy who we paid 50 million quid for. Um, and then a couple of months later, we went out and bought his best mate. We we, we promised him we, we'd basically build a front line around him. And then we went out and bought his best mate and, and shunted him around the pitch. This is a guy we bought as, as a centre forward who'd got goal after goal for Leon as a, you know, predatory centre centre forward in the box, and we've asked him to play as a number eight, a number ten, <laughs> a, a deep line midfielder, a left back, a goalkeeper. But we basically asked him to play everything but what he is. Do you, do you blame the guy? You know, and 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 of all the things that that Lacazette is, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's the way, the truth, and the lie. However much I love him as a bloke, and I do, I've never hidden that fact. He's he's not the biggest problem at Arsenal Football Club right now. You know, I, I would argue, and this is nothing against Aubameyang, but I would argue he's a far bigger problem than than Lacazette is in terms of contracts. Far far bigger problem. You know, and and it and it it makes to the bigger point that you said there, Carl, about like the window being open and stuff like that. Without again being too harsh on on Mikel Arteta, I'm not sure I trust the bloke to spend any more money. You know, I don't want him to go out and buy Dominic Calvert-Lewin and play him at left back. You know, I don't I don't want him to buy Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and get him to play as a, you know, a deep lying playmaker. You know, if we're going to go out and spend the money and that's just an example, but that's the latest link, isn't it? You know, if we're going to go out and buy a player like that, I want him as my centre forward. And I want I want the, the, the manager to buy the player. Well, sorry, I want the player to come in for the manager who essentially is he knows what he's coming in to do. He knows his role within the club. He knows what he's coming in to do. You know, we bought Erdegaard as a creative number 10. His very first game for the club, well, exclude West Brom, his first start today back as a, as an Arsenal player. Where does he play? Holding midfield. Brilliant. I mean, <laughs> you know, I if mean, it's just if, like... If you're a top player, why do you come to Arsenal? Jamie, uh, question. <laughs> like, let's take your the, Arsenal the hat name. off. Take your Arsenal hat off and take your, like, your roasting to glasses off. Why why do you come to Arsenal? What, you you, cu- you come for the history of the club and London and the money. London, what does it attract? It's the money, isn't it? Because when, when we were linked with James Madison, today I actually was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Leicester on match of the day right now. I was thinking, like, imagine the the stick or the the the, the ridicule that James Madison's getting from his teammates. Like, oh, you're going to join them. Like, how many other players are, are getting, you know, that kind of stick? Like, oh, you, you're going to join them. And, and the worst thing is every single argument that we can have, 
it's just gone down the window. Like, I, I just, just the fight has just left the fans even, like, where fans are taking the piss out of each other, not in terms of just, you know, singing songs, clapping, and, you know, we're rubbish and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just got to that stage where, what what is the fans even want to jump ship let alone play, players joining the club you know it's crazy at the moment and if you were if you were a you know if you were a, a generational talent you know that you were linked with with arsenal whatever i mean the, i hate to be cynical here but uh why break the habit of a lifetime if you're uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick on Martin Odegaard. He's what, 23, is he? 24? 22, like I think. Yeah. 22 is he even younger. Okay. Yeah. You're a player of Martin Odegaard's reputation. You know, in Norway, he, him and Haaland are like the two big things in Norway. He's a he's a very big star in Norway. He's There's a reason he went to Real Madrid. It's not the question of the, of the guy's talent. Um, it's, it's purely about the managers have just chosen not to pick him. And, you know, Real Madrid will know he's an absolute mess of a club anyway if you're a Martin Odegaard and you're coming into the club as much as you probably do like Arteta and he probably does because you know you're not going to sign from a you, you don't like I get that but do you think there's a small element of Martin Odegaard and probably his agent might have sat down last week and said look Martin here's the deal okay you know you get on with Mikel you know full well that he gets on with you because you know he, he came out in the press didn't he last year and said he loved the player and he'd love to, to get him back etc so so you know that he, you know when you go to Arsenal you're going to play and Martin sits there and sort of says, well, yeah, I, I really like Arsenal as a club. I love what they stand for. I love the area. The contract's great. I get on with Mikel. But they're not very good, are they? And his agent goes, yeah, I, I agree with you, Martin. But the thing is, you're a better player than the manager is at the club. So what you do is you go in, you, you get your head down, you put in a few decent performances because the crowd will always support you and get behind you because you're trying your best and you're doing, you know, you, you're clearly a creative and exciting player. The fans will be on your side. Eh, the manager might not be there in six months. Not the worst thing in the world, is it? Even if the manager's there for a year, you know, and that's probably why Saliba agreed to go on loan again, rather than be sold because those sort of players are probably looking at this and thinking, well, you know, does it really matter? Same with even Aubameyang, even a player of his of his age. No, no sense for him to leave, even if the club said to him we're willing to listen to offers. There's no sense for him to go at the moment because we all know, all, all three of us know that if Arteta went tomorrow and a another manager came in tomorrow, whomever that may be, good or bad, the first thing they would do is make Aubameyang their centre forward, and they'd probably build the team around him because that's just logical. And they would have, you know, Martin Odegaard, who's, I think I'm right saying he's the captain now, isn't he? I think he's the captain of Norway now. You know, Norwegian yeah. international, he's your number 10. Thomas Partey, like Carl said, he, he has flattered to deceive, but he was brilliant at Atletico Madrid. And he's been brilliant. It's funny how he's come to Arsenal and he looks a shell of that player, albeit injuries, you know, aside. Also a player who never got injured at all and now all of a sudden comes to Arsenal. Yahoo! Injuries ahoy. So, I mean, I... Kieran Tierney is another great example. And I know a few people have sort of said, oh, you know, he's going backwards. And then Kieran Tierney is a fantastically gifted left back. And he's a, he's a heart and soul player. And, and he's a player you you want in your team every day of the week. After a while, you know, a player is going to go backwards if they're if they're performing in a, in a bad club. Uh, to use the job analogy Carl had, if you're not happy at work, your work's going to suffer. It's just a fact, isn't it? Like, you can't hide it. Um I am conscious of time. I don't want to go on forever tonight. And, you know, the fact that we've still got however many people in here live is 
is quite a thing. So uh, thank you very much. If you are watching this, sorry, but I'm going to shill. Um, if you could just just click Danny's ding dong and stuff, that would be lovely. Uh, the old uh, the old thumbs up. And uh, if you're not subscribed to us, I mean, why? Firstly, I mean, how could you not subscribe to this? We're all such happy, cheerful individuals. Why would you not want to listen to this every week? But now, in all seriousness, if you do enjoy what you're doing, um, please do uh, subscribe, hit the old bell notifications and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, please do give us a thumbs up. And, and even if you agree or you don't agree, there's been some things in the chat that I've looked at tonight and gone, oh, my good God. But you know what? You're all entitled to your opinions, just like we're entitled to ours. Nobody's saying that we're right. We, But we are. All right. So just deal with it. I've got, um, I've got a question to both of you. Yes. Let's do Genu some genuinely, genuinely yes. what next? And I, I, I don't mean this. What next? Right. Um, for me, what, it's... Yeah, go on, Chris. For, for me, it's uh, it's PSG Ralph's Messi's debut tomorrow night. No, in all seriousness, um, for me, it's it's Norwich at home, <laughs> and it's and it's in the in the worst possible way, mate. It's it's I'm I'm waiting for what I think is inevitable, and that's that Arteta goes in November because I don't think he goes now. I don't think he goes for at least a month, and I think we I think we're basically back where we were with Emery. And if you think you and if you think we're getting Antonio Conte, I mean you're mad. There's <laughs> just no way. It's no way he's going to this club. But no, for me, that's my answer. I'll let Fermi answer. But for me, it's not. Uh, yeah. I called. I called November at the end of last season, and I said we would be mad to do that. But here we are again. We are here, and um, I think the, there's a pivotal game in all of this, which is Tottenham at home. My God. Oh. If, if, if the North London derby is, you have to get some sort. Of, you have to, you have to beat Norwich. You have to beat Burnley, and you have to win the League Cup tie. And you have to pray and hope that you do something in the North London derby because there will be blood <laughs> on the floor if we lose that game. I promise you. There's no way you want to be losing the North London derby, the first one back at the Emirates with a full crowd when you're already under this type of pressure. I think if the club are smart, for me, they are already talking to people. You, you, there's not even anyone at the club who could take temporary charge like last time when Freddie took. Who's going to take charge? Is it the new under-23 guy? Is it Steve Round? Is it Steve Round? Is it? It's gonna be Exactly. You cannot. It will. It will be gross negligence to not be in the background through whatever like, intermediaries or whatever yeah. talking to managers. It's, it, might it would. Be, it might be. It might be Ted Lasso. I mean, for all we know, under Josh Bronke, I mean, it <laughs> could literally be I mean, anyone. <laughs> you're hoping that they're tapping people up now. I think they have uh, to be. Well, let let me. Let me swing that question back to you then, Carl. Um, and, well, I'll ask you both, but I'll start with you, Carl. So, realistically, and uh, again, you know, I, I have to keep saying this because I don't want—I don't want to be harsh on Mikel Arteta because I do have a lot of time for the guy. I just don't think this job is for him, as you've said, Carl, very eloquently. But let's just say he did decide to either to leave, which I don't think he will. But let's say he's pushed um, in a hypothetical world. I'm not going to ask you who you'd get because, you know, that's just, it's very, I mean, if you've got a name, feel free to chuck it in. But what I would more ask you is what you would go for. You know, would you go for the model where you, you get Edu out as well and you start a completely fresh project? 
do you get someone you know do you give it gigsy to the end of the, actually don't give it to him because he's got other issues to deal with right now but um do you give it someone to the end of the season and and you and you just kind of put a big sticking plaster over it and you know you go back to 94 95 you finish 12th and you just draw a line and start again or do you i mean do you just blow everything up and kick it down the road i mean <laughs> what what sort of manager do you look for if, if you've got a name chuck it at me feel free I don't have a name, but for me, uh, if the Kronk... So, like I said, this is my football club. Arteta goes and so does Eddie. Both of them go. Because what they've done in the money that they spent is almost ridiculous. Um, you think to yourself, you've got a £30 million, million centre-back playing in France and the manager just hasn't fancied him, whereas every other player does. Um, if I had a name, probably the only name in the top of my head, genuinely, and people may roll their eyes and, and think, oh God, no way. Someone like Graham Potter. Genuinely, I'd give someone like Graham Potter a chance because Conte is not coming to us spend, and, and spending all that money. Conte is not coming to us now. If Conte wants... The reason why he left Inter is because Inter didn't have any money. You just you just won the league and you just leave them like that. Come on, I know. It's because they didn't have any money. And they interfered, um, which is exactly yeah. what happened to our club. Yeah. So that's the reason why he left. Um, Josh attended me to leave Graham Potter alone. But Josh, <laughs> I, I think we'll see this in, in, in the group. Like, I genuinely would go for something like Graham Potter. Like, and you give him, and you give him a two and a half year contract. And you say to Graham Potter, we're not expecting you to give us Champions League, clearly you're not. But make but tell you what, um get us in the top six. And Potter is gonna know he's gonna what he's already worked with Ben White. Guaranteed Graham Potter doesn't let Saliba go. I mean, I don't I very much doubt there's a clause in Saliba's contract that he can come back early. I very much doubt it. But no, there's no there's he, no break clause. So like you think to yourself, um, you bring it back. I'm not saying he's going to get the best out of all these players, but he's not going to make stupid. He's definitely going to play Kanasalach against flipping Man City. He's not going to make stupid decisions. Um, he's going to know he's got some sort of tactical nous. Where I'm sorry, Arteta has not got any tactical nous. Like he's not stupid. Arteta's not stupid. But the thing is, like to a game like today, if it came off, people were calling him a genius. Where it doesn't come off, you look stupid. Um, so for me, yeah, uh, uh, Arteta and Edu, they go. Um, and you it was never going like, to come off, was it, by the way? <laughs> it, yeah. was just, you, it was never going to come off, was it? You bring in someone like Graham Potter and, you know, you. the problem is there's no guarantees in football. There's no guarantees in football whatsoever. You could bring Pep Guardiola into the squad and it couldn't work out. You could you know, been clopping to the squad, it might not work out. Um, but for me, that's what should happen. I don't think he, dis I don't think he survives the North London derby. Genuinely. I think if we lose the North London derby, he's gone. I can't see it because at home as well, could you imagine that? Is that pre-international break? I'm just trying to check. Is that the second international break? I think that it comes? is, isn't it? It's certainly in and around no, that day. No, no that's the... Then I'll game so after that. Oh, okay. Um, so we play Tottenham on the 26th, and then we play Brighton on the 2nd. Okay, so Brighton that's... Game, Brighton yeah. away, 
is, is again, the game we play yeah. Palace when we come back off the international. So, yeah, I think if we lose to Tottenham at home, mm. um, so that's a Sunday. I think in the midweek, you may find that he may go that game and then um, you've got another team going out to Brighton. And then when, you, when we're down at Brighton, um, you know, you just see Vinay just hanging around <laughs> sort of the Brighton dressing room to say, hello, Graham, can we have a little word, please? Genuinely, because we're going to be there anyway. So that's the time to kind of tap him up. Because didn't we tap up Arteta when um, we played Man City? Man City, yeah, because we were, out, we, were, we were sniffing around the bins at his house, weren't we, in the middle of the night? Yeah. I remember that photo of, of Vinay and... Is it Vinay and Eddie at the time? Or Raul and, yeah. It was Vinay and um, it was the, the bold guy who's left now. Oh, he was as well. Yes, it was the yeah. contracts guy. Uh, was, Someone was in the chat will probably. It was, it was um, yeah, it was, it was from yeah. after. Yeah. See, I, so, I, yeah. I personally, I think that's too risky, Carl. If I'm honest, I, I, I get it. I, I know I'm going to upset Josh. Sorry, Josh, but I, I want to see, I want to see a lot more from Graham Potter than before I give him the Arsenal job because to me, okay, he's got experience as a manager, which Arteta didn't have, but he's managed Brighton and he's done some very good things in Sweden. I, I, I think we need something a bit more. I think we need something a bit stronger. You know, I, I, I think I think Emery was a, a good shout in terms of like the profile. It, but the English thing and that it just didn't work, did it? Let's be honest. Um, but I, he's not a bad manager. He's proven it. Um, so I would be going for somebody who, not necessarily somebody English, but somebody who, you know, has a good grasp of the language. Um, but I'm not. I'm personally not sure. Uh, Josh actually agrees with me. So there you go. And, but I but I see your thinking, and I know some people will say that the words Eddie and Howe as well. There will be another one that will come up. Um, again, I I don't know. I, I, there isn't enough there for me to say he's ready for Arsenal personally. So that leaves me to you, Fem. I mean, would you have you got a name or have you got an idea in mind of somebody that you would go for? Um, I've seen the name Ralph Ranick being mm. banded around in terms of. Uh, maybe the Arteta position in terms of actually, you know, making a change that you actually, the Edu one just, just for me is so baffling. It's like, he's just there. He's like a shell of a person. He's just there to, to execute Arteta's decisions. And I think when you're thinking of a technical director, you're thinking it doesn't matter who the coach is. For example, let's say Chelsea, for example, uh, PSG. It doesn't matter who the coach is. The technical director, Leonardo, sets the tone for what the club want. This is the direction that the club wants. We can always hire a manager to fit the structure that we have. We need to do that, basically. That's the first thing I think we need to do. And if you're talking about managers, I... Yeah, I don't have an absolute clue, mate. Because we this was the summer that I think so many managers left. I think in Serie A, I think maybe three clubs didn't change their manager in Serie A. So there was such a merry-go-round of managers this summer. Whether your team did good or not good, teams were just, just getting shot of managers and starting afresh. So now it's like, what do you do? Conte... I've seen the name, but I just don't see where, how, how, how. It doesn't make any sense. We've just blown a whole load of money, which, by the way, no one even has told us where the money's coming from because <laughs> no one shows us the books. <laughs> I'll be very, it will be interesting to see, to see where these 
loans, money is coming from, to be honest with you, where they're being saddled onto. And as, yeah, as I was just going to say, sh shall I shall I light the, uh, the 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 blue touch paper in in both the chat and anyone that listens to this? There's oh, um there's a bloke who works at FIFA at the moment that probably do a fairly decent job to the end of the season. Uh, Arsen, Arsen, what's his name? Moving on swiftly. Moving on swiftly. He was in England this week. He was he was at Liverpool, wasn't he? Having a good laugh with all Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Probably about how much money they made between the two. He, he would probably do a job, you know. Just saying, he would at least make the football fun. Uh, to the end of the season, I, I, I think if we start doing November times, I'll just do it. To be honest yeah. with you. I, do you know what? I would do it simply to watch the the absolute vats of piss boiling on Twitter. I mean, I would do it just for that. Like, where did you the imagine? Pirates finish? Where did the Pirates finish in your last season, Chris? Just walking uh, no, no, Yeah, yeah. Yes, again, oh, irrelevant, okay. Carl. Irrelevant. But I, you know, I, I'm joking, of course. But uh, but this is but this is the problem that, as you rightly both said, there's not a lot of options out there. And I think the one thing you, unless you go for a a tried and trusted, you know, safe pair of hands, if you will. There aren't many uh, coaches out there that are readily willing and available. Either, well, either available because they would they would leave a club. Like if you went to, I don't know, a, a middling European club and said, "Look, we'd like your manager." Um, I don't think there would be anything to stand, and they wouldn't stand in your way, would they? Let's be honest. Like if you if you'd have gone to Lille last last summer and said we wanted Galtier, which you know that breaks my heart. Don't even oh, that's just not. But if you'd have done that, you probably would have got him. But I can't think of many many clubs now. Uh, yeah, I, I no, I, I genuinely can't. I, I have to sit down and go through every club. Diego Simeone is probably one that you could get out of there at the end of the season because he feels like he's done his time at Atletico Madrid. I wouldn't personally be a fan of it. He's on somebody so said to much me, money though, isn't he? Yeah. And somebody said to me the other day um, when I was talking about the, the Marseille incident with Nice last week with the whole fans and um, you know all of that that went off. And, and somebody said to me, they're like, you'd want Jorge Sampaoli as your manager because he was he was giving it all the old fisticuffs and, and basically offering out the entire stadium. Uh, and I was like, Do you know what? Actually, I probably would. You know, it, it's just just because at least you'd have that sort of um, yeah, just just a bit of fun back, and it is a little bit tongue in cheek because you know one thing Mikel does does do is he's good at the gestures, isn't he? He's a good presence on the touchline. He always looks smart and he always waves his hands around, and uh, you know, and he speaks a good game. So can't fault him on that one. But um, no, I, I I think you'd have to look very hard to find a coach that would be a good fit. And to find a coach that not only have you got to sell them the project of a, a broken cannon club, but you've also got to sell them the idea that, by the way, that there's no money for a re realistically two years, three years, because all these players that this manager's brought in, you're lumbered with them. Somebody will, somebody would find that appealing, I think. Some some managers would look at that and go, actually, yeah, I, I quite kind of fancy this. Mikel Arteta did, you know, for all his faults, he took a massive gamble taking this job. Because his reputation's on the line now. If he gets fired from Arsenal, he's not managing another club of this level, probably ever. He's going to have to rebuild from, you know, he'd, he'd arguably have to go back as an assistant coach, I think, to build his reputation back up. So, who knows? Um, should we just rattle through, just quick fire to sort of finish up a few of these questions? Um, I don't know, if, Carl, have you got a few there that you want to chuck chuck across we might as well might we we can do some from the live chat as well but we've got a couple that are in reserve haven't we 
Uh, I think we've uh, spoke about those questions already. I think we've done. Uh, kind of oh, have we? Uh, okay. But, um, for me, uh, I guess just a quick summing up. Things are bad at the moment. They're rock bottom. We can't get any, bottom, any lower than we are now. Um, he says, you know. <laughs> um, realistically, do we beat Norwich? Looking at it on paper, yes, we beat Norwich, don't we? Let's be, be honest. We, we should beat Norwich at home. Um, I think we, we have enough about us. There'll be maybe Ben White is back for Norwich, maybe depending on how this week goes. Um, the transfer window will be closed by then, so we'll have we'll know what the team is, we'll know the ins and outs. Um, do I realistically see us bringing anyone else in? No, I don't see us bringing anyone else in. I think we have to get rid of. Uh, players, but you know, stranger things have happened. You know, after the 8 2 um, loss to Man United, we ended up doing a madness, didn't we? And then after we lost, I can't remember who too, we ended up bringing in Mesut Ozil. So, you know, things stranger things have happened and that things can still happen, but I don't realistically see us bringing anyone else in um, this transfer window. And I pray that I'm wrong, I really do hope that I'm wrong. But if this, if this Arsenal team is to be the team until January then we are in big trouble. We are. Because, like you said, Chris, there's teams out there that, not scared, will go toe-to-toe with Arsenal. And that's not happened in ages. Now, teams don't go toe-to-toe with us. Teams have always been, all right, we'll sit back at Arsenal, we'll try to hit them on the break, try and get a point from the Emirates. Teams have come to the Emirates are thinking they can take three points. But when, does, when did that change? When did that happen? So, for me, I don't know. I, I think... Do I think Arteta will be here in like in December? Like, if you think about the next next on window, will Arteta be here? I can't see. It. I can't see him being here at Arsenal. I just, I just can't. And I pray for the guy. I don't want to lose games. I don't want to lose games so that Arteta gets fired. I want to win games. I want Arsenal to succeed. But unfortunately, nothing Art Mikel Arteta has shown me, even last season to this season that he can turn it around. He's a shed of a man right now. And do you know what happens with that happens? You know what happens when that happens? Formations start getting changed. Start playing three at the back. Start playing four at the back. Like, he's going to start changing everything around. Like He's already changing players every week. That's a, yeah, that's a bad so, plan, isn't it? Yeah. And, and there are people going to say, well, we haven't got Thomas Partey. I mean, you think if we don't, if we don't have Thomas Partey fit for next week, then we're looking at a midfield of possibly Nokonga and El Nene. I mean, at least midfield. those at least those two probably don't get sent off. I mean, that's you know. No, you're right, but they don't play a forward. Well, I'm not sure about Nokonga, but El Nene doesn't play a forward pass either. No, no that's right. That's right. But you are so next week you are thinking of Nokonga and El Nene in centre midfield, unless you play Odegaard a little bit deeper and then play, um, and then play Emil Smith Rowe in the number ten. Like that's so that's what you're looking. So we are now in like and this is Norwich. So Norwich are gonna look at that and think, you know, we can we can go out there. Lokonga is like an he coming, he's a breath of fresh air, but he's a new player, brand new, and he's very young. So, you know, you are looking at that. I'm sure that Tierney went down again today, didn't he? So are you looking at Tevis playing again? Like Tierney's just made a glass. I don't know what is wrong with him. Like I genuinely have no idea, but He's been Arsenal. 
it's, it's just not it's just not good. Like you just have to shrug your shoulders. But you know, I, I really want us to beat Norwich next season. Next season, next week. Well, next I season really... as well. I mean, we might well, still be here. We're both for the championship. Yeah, yeah. I do want I do want Arsenal to do well, and but. I just can't see it. I can't see it. I can't. What about you, Femi? What, what What's your sort of summing up? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's um uh, just to be bottom after after three games is 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 amazing, you know. And um, yeah, I don't have any words. Uh, it, it's been good. It's been good tonight uh, to get this all off the chest. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what? One thing I'll say is after the Europa League game against Villarreal, that was one of the lowest points for me supporting Arsenal in the last few years. The fact that we needed a goal and we did absolutely nothing for the whole of that game, basically. And since then, I've just been like, I just want to see good football. That that I just want to see decent football, you know, if we're not going to win, if we're going to finish eighth, whatever, just just show us something decent. So I'm really hoping that, you know, party is so much expectation that he's just going to change everything. But I'm really hoping party does something and we desperately need to sort out our right back position because uh, that's a big, big, big shambles to have four players or three, let's say, because Maitland-Niles clearly is not a right-back anymore. By the way, the fact that Cedric finished that game today, today amazed me. Yeah, he was. That was one of the worst performances I've seen in an Arsenal shirt, and he stayed on for the whole 90. But saying that, let's go. Next game, Norwich, we move. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> me. Yeah, I I mean, I can't add a lot to what you, you both have said. Um, you know, I think you've both been probably more erudite than I've been tonight. So I thank you for that. It's, it, it is just, it's just tough. And, and the whole point of this podcast really tonight was, yeah, it's for us, of course. And also for you, you guys and girls that are in the chat. And I say, we do appreciate it. And look, I know there'll be fans of other clubs, um, you know, who will sit there and say, Oh God, Arsenal moaning again, uh, meme and all that. And I, yeah, I get it. But the thing is when, when you, when you love a football club and, and you support a football club and you, you go through the hard times and, and you are of mine and Carl and, and Femi's age group. Uh, or even if you're not, even if you're a new fan, you, you know, you're, you're a young person, you've only been through like the Invincibles or whatever. You set certain standards and every, if you look back through the through the annals of, of our players, the annals of time of our players, and you look back at some of the great names that we've had, you know, and, and he, even in the modern era, the Henri's, the Bergkamp's, the Vieira's, you know, you look at, the Fabregas is even. You look at what those sort of players said about this club, how it, you know, what it what it stands for, what it represents, the the you know the 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 morals and the standards that we have. We're on another level than a lot of clubs, genuinely, just from from the way that we've been built from the ground up, and that that needs to continue. And I worry right now that it's slipping really really far down and you know we make the joke about the the cracked cannons on the front of the newspapers um you know if they're not there tomorrow they're coming you know and if not the the stadium cannon's gonna crack <laughs> one of the two and i and i do as carlos said and, and as Femme's alluded to as well 
you know, I, I wanted to be wrong. And I've said, I said this, go back on any podcast I've been on, any tweet I've ever put. You know, I, I do want to be wrong. And I, and I do genuinely like Mikel Arteta. And if he dialed into the call right now, I would just simply ask him, Mikel, what do you want to do? What's your plan here? You know, wh- what is your vision for this club? Because every time I watch us, I don't see the vision. I don't see the plan. I don't see the tactics. I don't see the in-game management changing. I don't even see the team that he took to an FA Cup final and won. I, I don't see that. I don't see any form of plan and I don't see any progression. And Simon's tweet was spot on. You know, it's regression, not progression. And that's a worrying it's a worrying thing for the club. It's a worrying thing for Arteta and it's a worrying thing for, for the players because, as I said at the start of the show, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it by saying the same, this squad is not a bad squad. There are bad players in this squad, 100%, 100% but there's also bad players in other teams' squads who are doing far better than we are, you know, and, and that's that worries me a lot. This This squad is capable of far more and I do genuinely believe that if we had a, you know, a more experienced manager. And not only have we got a, a, a manager who hasn't ever managed before, we've also got a manager who's never had to deal with this adversity before. And I I do worry that he's not going to have the tools to be able to get us through this period. And, and and even if he does get us through this period, and we're all talking about Norwich next, you know, two weeks' time, whatever, even if he gets us through that, even if we go on a, you know, we beat Norwich and is it Burnley and then Spurs, even if we win those three games... Um, I, I I think we're still going to be here in three, four, five months saying the same things. Um, and that was worrying. Last season was the same, you know. Do you know what's worrying is that? Sorry, I, I made a mistake. I thought it was next week. It's two weeks. We've now got two weeks. Yeah. Of this. Yeah. We have. So unless and what's the way they can't release any more kits to distract us. <laughs> so um, what's the? I'm sure. I'm uh, sure if they did, somebody would buy them and then moan about it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> The thing is, you got to think about it. Like, what did they do? So, in two weeks, this is this is going to be on top of Arsenal. You're going to get all the training pictures on WhatsApp. You're training hard of Mikel Arteta talking to players and pointing and people that like, running up and down and Aubameyang scoring a goal in uh, training and celebrating and by all means do that. But what did they do to distract us? They have to distract us somehow. Let's be honest. Like, so what is it? So is there going to be a madness in the in the transfer window? Like I, I don't know what they do. Like they get, they have to do something as normal as clubs always do. It they do. You have a bad result like this. We've got two weeks until the next game, which mm. is going to be like which is going to be peppered on social media. So no matter what they put up, they Arsenal could say you know we found Badly McCann and it'll literally be where you can't find a goal, can you? Like, there's going to be so much, like, negativity <laughs> around um, this. It's just going to be unreal. So, I don't know what Arsenal do. So, for me, they're going to try and do a marquee sign, aren't they? They literally really, really are. And just to, you know, just to distract for the next two weeks, will they put it off? Who knows? Like, I, I don't know. Like I said, we'll probably... I'm sure Danny will probably do a... If we do do a madness, we'll do a transfer deadline pod. Um, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll... Yeah, we'll look forward to recording the welcome Felipe Coutinho video on Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward, <laughs> looking forward to that fun. one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but for two weeks, this is good. It's just, it's, 
Twitter is going to be like a really bad place. And I don't blame people from sort of uh, going away from it. And this is why we do stuff. This has been quite balanced. I think that we haven't yeah, I think gone so. mad. We haven't gone crazy and like we haven't gone full people's TV like and, and gone mad. But, you know, we're Arsenal fans and we're frustrated. We we have a passion for this and, we, and, and it annoys us. Like, listen, I love everyone in ABW. I genuinely do. And like... Well, not Ellis. To be fair, fuck Ellis, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But like, say like John for me, like I know I did a pub with John. Like John is the, the most positive person ever. Like, I, like John, there's gonna be a certain time where John's gonna get frustrated. Like if we lost to Norwich, I think John would then start thinking, "Shit, like where's his positivity going?" And I can, and to an extent, I can understand why John is so positive. But like, I don't agree with John when he says this squad is dog shit. It, it's not. This squad is yes at the moment. You look at the bottom of the, the bottom of the league, no goal scored and all sorts. But this dog is not sure. You don't buy a fifty million pound defender. Granted, he's only played one game, and be dog shit. You don't have a striker who was top goal scorer two seasons ago and be dog shit. You don't have a, a goalkeeper who is second in line to the um, throne at Germany a dog shit. You don't have Scotland's um, left back and dog shit. You don't have like a fifty million pound. And yes, he hasn't played because he's been injured. Um, centre midfielder and be dog shit. You don't have. Uh, I mean, the Xhaka that played today is no. I mean, we all watched the Euros. Xhaka was brilliant. Now let's be honest, Xhaka was really good in the Euros. And so, why is he so good for Switzerland and not good for Arsenal? Like you got, you got to look at these things. You have Saka, who is an absolutely brilliant player, and Mill Smith Rowe, who is coming on and just be, to be a very good player. Pepe, who is not shit. So we're not, we haven't, we haven't got a shit squad. So I don't. So we, when John says that, I don't agree with him at all. But something needs to change, and something needs to change very, very quickly because. I understand. Do, okay, do I think Arsenal are going to get relegated? We're not going to get relegated. As, but as big as Arsenal are, we're not getting relegated. However, Arsenal will languish around 15th, 16th. There, there's no doubt that Arsenal will languish around those. And then what happens then? What do you do? Look at Chelsea. When, do you remember when Chelsea finished 10th and they brought in Conte? And I'm not saying bringing Conte is going to change everything, but they brought in Conte and they won the league the next season because they played one game a week, no European football. Now, at the beginning of the season, I thought, this is actually not saying we're going to win the league, but I thought it was possible that we could get right up there because one game a week, no European football, maximum recovery time, we're going to be nice. And we, was, we were sold that same dream, don't forget. Another, another one of the excuses that yeah. we were sold. Yeah, yeah. Another one, yeah, yeah. we were playing too many games. We were, sold, we were sold that dream a few weeks ago. We haven't got European football, we'll have time to recover. Well, and that's what I we... thought. I thought, yeah, one game a week, we're going to be nice. But mm-hmm. we're now nine points... And listen, I'm not saying we're going to win the league, no way. But we're now nine points off anywhere. And what, and Josh, what do you has, do? So, Josh has made a great point in the chat as well, um, which is rare. Thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> the squad is primed for a new manager to take over and run with it. He's spot on. Like if if you if you parachuted a manager in now and said, look, you know, you've just listed them out off their car. You've listed a, a number of names, and you know the age profile of the squad is for once quite good. 
if you wanted to move on some of the older players, you wouldn't have too much of an issue being able to do that. If you wanted to manage out some of the older players to bring through some of the younger players, you've got room to do that. The academy, you know, it, it's, it's it's being rebuilt, slow progress. But when you look at the likes of Aziz, is it Hutchinson? Another lad they think very highly of in, in the under-21s. You've got uh, Muller, who's on, on loan in Germany, who looks... Charlie, Charlie Patino. Patino, Patino yeah. Um, there's a there's another guy, uh, the centre-back, who's gone on loan to Scotland. Aziz as well, like... Aziz is, is, yeah, is the big hope. But, you know, and we've seen th- through... Um, uh, Smith Rowe and Saka that you know that there is there is a production line slowly but surely coming through, and um, and they're signing these these kids along. Uh, Kiddo T- Taylor Hart is the other one, isn't he? He signed a new long term deal. It is primed for a manager with a bit of experience and a bit of uh, you know a bit of nous about him to come in, and it would just feel fresh. That's the thing that I I feel like it's a lift already. as well. Don't you think like, that would yeah, be a massive, massive lift, huge, huge lift, so- yeah. They've got, they've, Arsenal got to read the room. They really do have to read the room. They do, they do, and we and and we need to read the room because we are going to wrap this up because we have been going for two years. Two years? It feels like two years. <laughs> we, we've been going for two years, everybody. No, we've been going for two hours. Um, so yeah, we, we are we are going to draw it to a close. As I said uh, to all of you, you know that are listening to this either live or or in post production, as it were. Um, this is very much something I just decided on a whim this afternoon. I messaged Carl and the message firm and said, right, I'm going to do an emergency pod. Fancy coming on. That was it. There was no plan for this. There was no scheduling for this. Uh, the fact we've got an international break means you get two podcasts in one week. Uh, you're actually going to get three podcasts in one week because uh, next week we are going to release uh, the latest in ABW in conversation with um, I was able to sit down with uh, the, the lovely Elliot from um, uh, the Arsenal Vision podcast, uh, Yankee Gunner on Twitter, if you want to block him or follow him. <laughs> um, but yeah, Elliot was um, very kind to, to give me some of his time this week. And um, that's a really fun conversation. It was pre-West Brom, so we were we were almost sort of a bit happy then. But yeah, it was a very good conversation. So look out for that one. That'll be out next week. Um, and yeah, what can you say? I mean, you know, we're all in this together. Um, you mentioned, Carl, that you've got your your sort of um, your power of positivity comes through, John. Uh, OG is mine. OG is my is my uh, what do they call those stones? The, those centering stones, you know, the ones that like keep you calm. Uh, OG is my one of them. He keeps me calm and he keeps me he keeps me to to trust the process. Um, you mean infinite I'm sorry, OG. I'm I'm losing faith in the process, my guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm off the Arteta bandwagon. But as I said, we are all together in this. You know, um, I'll back any player and any manager that's that ever wears the the club colours. I'll always do that. I might say some naughty things about them, and I might be a little bit pissed off with them. But you know, we'll always back them, and and we'll never abuse them because we're better than that. So. Um, all I can really say at this point is, fam, uh, Carl, thank you both for uh, for for coming to church with me this evening. It, it's been um, therapeutic. Cheers, all. It was needed. It was definitely needed. And uh, maybe this should be a positive one with Josh and um... John. <laughs> and John, yeah. Yeah, anyone but Alice, basically, is what you say. And I get it. I mean, that, that's fair enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we have thrown the gauntlet down and said that if any of the other members of OVW want to do this, then they will. And uh, one thing I'll say, if, if, if there's one thing you take from this podcast, is that this probably won't be the last abw emergency pod <laughs> i have a feeling there may be a few more of these to come in the future uh, just before we go i do just want to say on a slightly somber note um very much rest in peace to 
uh, former Arsenal Academy kid, uh, Sam Oji, who um, was uh, passed away today. I think he was only in his early 30s. I know he's not a name that will be very well known to some people. He came to our academy a number of years ago, but it's always sad when you lose one of your own. And, and he was a very young, young chap. So, um, yeah, Godspeed to him. But uh, we'll, we'll end it on a happy note. We'll just say, you know, if nothing else, guys, uh, we don't have to watch Arsenal for two weeks. And right now, that feels like a positive. So thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, whatever time, whatever day it is you're listening to us, uh, keep up the support. We really appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, we love you all. God bless. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell, and we'll speak to you on the next one. Take care. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.